Hey, this is Taz. You are listening to the Rundown Wrestling Network. I think I'm on this episode. Dave Dong! Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is... Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. <laughs> Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. And I'm here. Well, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. But you're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough! The Rundown. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host joining me this week. I was going to keep you till last because because uh, it's been such a while since you've been here. But uh, but Jason's here. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> you made it home yeah, in time. It's been a while. Yeah, life has been a bit of a bitch lately. Like, not a bad way necessarily, just fucking insanely crazy and busy. I will say this. I had recently had an experience I've never had before. I went to get a haircut, and for the first time in my life, I've I've partaken of this. The, the guy said, do you want me to line up your beard for you? And I was like, fuck it, I'm sitting here, why not? And this shit came out nice. <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> I am not. I'm never doing my own beard again. Fuck that shit. There you go. Mm-hmm. That other voice you hear. So far, this is the oldest he's ever been. Sal is here. So far. What's going on, guys? How you been? Not bad. I, I, I just mentioned my shit, so. Another yeah. week in the books. <laughs> Another week as in it the were. books. My life gets busier and busier and busier until school is fucking over on June 14th, and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> but when you have three kids all in different grades, this is what happens. My kid went on his I am first excited big for field trip week, this week. Ooh, where are you going? They went to uh, they went to the Squam Lake Science Center on uh, uh, yesterday, Tuesday, nice. and so he was very excited to to do that. But uh, and then I asked him today. He's like, "What'd you learn in school today?" He's like, "Not then." Like, you learn you learn anything in school today? He's like, "It was a review day." I'm like, "You still could have learned something." <laughs> is your goatee redder than usual, or is it just me? It's it could be that it could be the lights. Yeah, we had a fun game with the lights last. I week have the I have I use my <laughs> I put on the strip lights. I have them on yellow because it's the one that makes me look the most human. Put time. it on blue. <laughs> Show them what that looks like. <laughs> Condition. So we got this. I could do. Oh, now it's sexy put time. I can put on disco <laughs> if we want. Disco was giving. Troy me got. Troy got uh, Sal got mad at me last week when I put it on disco. So I was like, "Can you not?" <laughs> if we were on Twitch, that could trigger someone's epilepsy. But that's right. Which but we're not. Luckily, so. luckily, we're safe. Which it's so nice that they give you warnings now. Like even the video oh, games so give you warnings. Nice. Like. Also, the camera does not like the change in colors. Nope. That's <laughs> why I told him. I said, every time you do it, it, 
it, it fucks with your webcam. So we just oh, it looks like it's going in and out to me. It's just party time. I'm just throwing it. Extreme close up. Extreme close up. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, that bit is over 30 uh, years old now. We've uh, we've <laughs> lost We've already lost the plot. Um, yeah, Sal's been doing nothing for the last two days but complain about how old we are. <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining. About how old we are? I'm just complaining. It beats the shit out of the alternative, dude. I know. Oh, I know. Like, I, yeah. Trust me, I get it. Mm. Um, I just hate the stuff that happens to you as you get older. I wish I could be like I was when I was 24. I mean... That's a punky emo song if ever I've heard one. Right? Which leads us to our latest but, remember, sponsor, Blue Chew. Nobody likes <laughs> having Sal's kind of problems. Feel free. To, know, they're not really a sponsor, but they should be. They Just should. Remember, we talk Sal. about dicks on this show enough. They absolutely should give us money. Right. Just remember, Sal, nobody likes you when you're 23. That's going to be a song. Or when you can't get it up. It was a Blink-182 reference. Come on. Was it? I barely What's my age again? You didn't yeah. get that, really? Uh I'm aware of it now. <laughs> Whatever it is. Anyway. So sure. I think uh, sure. I think we should start the show with uh, the exciting stuff. So uh, Sal, mm. how was it going to see Taylor Swift and Gillette this weekend? I did see Taylor Swift. Actually, my daughter went to see Taylor Swift and Gillette. And well, there you go. Say she took. Uh, you she... didn't take her. What kind of father are you? Oh no no no. <laughs> First of all. She didn't I'm pretty it. sure I saw a bunch of TikToks of people like outside Gillette singing and dancing in the rain to her songs. I'm pretty sure I saw you there, so you can fool some people. I've what? got video proof. Like we I was going to say, it was a very good. wet show from what I heard. <laughs> well, there was and three like of them. Kaz was there. That's possible, I suppose. That's true. Uh, well, there were three of them, because Taylor Swift's the only person in the world that can actually legit sell out a stadium three nights in a row. That's not true, but go ahead. Well, one of the few, okay? One of the few, sure. One of the few. Um, especially so which recently. night did you go to? I didn't, but my daughter went on Sunday, and we had a big discussion because she was oh, going to no. take my car, and I didn't really want her to take my car, and she was going with her friend. She anyway. was going to take the C Max. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, because I was like trying. Does she to... know how to pull the fuses out in the right order? Uh, no, 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 it's all been fixed. Stop. It's all been fixed. Uh, that that's. Did See, she that, buy the food for the hamster? That's how long it's been since you've been on the show. All right, the card's actually working now. Did she stock enough of uh, enough trash for Mister Fusion? <laughs> nice. Um. So no, but I I, joke. I tried to warn her that like you don't understand what it's like in Gillette. There's one way in and one way out, and mm. you you're not ready for this. And she's like, it will be fine. And then she proceeded to get in at 3.30 in the morning, which mm-hmm. I, I know for a fact she sat in that parking lot till 2, because <laughs> she called me at one point, and she was like, I don't know what to do, because nothing's moving, and I'm like, yeah. it's not Fucking going wait. to. You, yeah, for any of our listeners not in the New England area, um, I, I can't say I've fancied a lot of stadiums around the country, but I would venture to guess that Gillette is one of the worst in terms of uh, traffic flow, mm-hmm. because to Sal's point, there is one road in and one road out, and what if sixty thousand people that one hits? 
<laughs> trying to get in and out on that same road at that same time. Yeah. You can you can literally sit in the parking lot, not moving, for three hours just to get to said road. So, and yeah. also based on where Gillette is, it actually is the main stadium for various different states in New England. So, and you this have... has been an issue for decades, and it yes. has never been addressed. Well. It's funny you say it's never been addressed because obviously with her gang stuck in traffic till 3.30 in the morning, we were all talking about how awful that stadium traffic is. And Jason, I don't know if you remember, it was like back in 95 or 96, they were debating on putting that stadium before they built it, they were going to put it in Assembly Square. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, you know the setup, can you imagine what that would have done to traffic? Well, you got to remember, I mean, this, we're, we're, tra- we're living in an area uh, where where no one understands how to build sports structures with parking lots. Um, it would have killed traffic, Sal, but it would have provided far more means of egress, and it would have allowed people much more ability to take public transportation, right. which would tie up a lot less traffic. Yeah, I mean, they did eventually put the Orange Line stop at Assembly Road. So. Yeah, it's there. It, you know, it took 30 years, but it's there. Um, but I, I don't know. Isn't, they, there a, isn't there a green line stop now, too? No. No, just orange. Orange and purple, I think. I think there's a green line now. I remember they were trying to expand it into Medford, and then they lost all kinds ah. of money during the pandemic. So <laughs> I haven't been there in a while. It's a very different place than the last time oh, I was there. Yeah, I drove through there recently, <laughs> and it's, uh, it, it's unrecognizable some places, but... What can you do? Very, uh, very yuppie, from yeah. what I've been told. Yeah. Cambridge. Are we talking about the MBTA stop called Assembly? Yes. Because yes. the website says it's just Orange Line. Okay. This has been Tea Talk. <laughs> this has been Spilling the Tea with Adam, Sal, and Jason. <laughs> oh, nobody wants to talk about mass transit. That's a whole other story. Um, that's a, especially that's, a, that's not, an incident, if you will. Especially not New Jack. Not anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was in bad taste. All right, let's let's move on. Let's <laughs> that's basically the tagline for the show. Are you kidding me? Right, Jan Ross. One, uh, <laughs> anyways, say what? 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 No, uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Ah. Uh. We got three fucking things to predict this week. It's gonna be a it's a big week. Week full of predictions. It's a big week yeah. in, in wrestling. It's it's huge. And it's game changing. Gentlemen, have any plans for Memorial Day weekend? Uh, well, like I mentioned, it's my daughter's birthday. It's on Monday, so not really. No. Okay. I have a show Saturday hmm. in Providence. Uh, and then I'm off Sunday because I have a show Saturday in Providence. But that's mm-hmm. it. We are heading down to the Cape on Friday night where Jackson is playing in a wood bat tournament for the first time this Ooh. year. This, this for his baseball career. Uh, we actually took him out in the field last weekend to... How old, how old is he again? 13. Yeah, that's about the age you start playing with wood. Yeah. <laughs> um... <clears throat> That said, um, he, uh, yeah, we took him out and had him swing the wood bat for the first time this weekend, and 
did well. Adam, stop chuckling. <laughs> Adam's 12. We, it's, we yeah. established that yeah. on a recent episode. Sure. Um, but no, it was, it was good. It did well. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm actually curious to see him pitch. I, I have a, in my head an idea of counting how many wood bats he manages to break pitching. Yeah. By the way, when you casually say that you're going to be going there Friday afternoon, you really mean like Friday morning at like 11, right? Like you're not trying to leave at 5, are you? No, he has <laughs> school, so we can't go until he gets out of school. But we'll, we'll head out probably like 2.33. That's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Kate, I, I, from, going what, to the from everybody, and... so from everybody I know who frequents the area, they've basically told me Memorial Day weekend is not bad. It's not that crowded there. It's, it's, it's after 4th. Memorial Day yeah. weekend. Well, guess, oh yeah, it's any weekend in the summer, and then it's it's yeah. really bad on the fourth. Um, I think I've only been down there a couple times on the fourth. It was fun, but it's just yeah. insane. It's like going to fucking Salem on Halloween night. Like you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's great to say you've done it, but, you know. <laughs> I had stories about being in Salem on Halloween night, but that's <laughs> not for this podcast. Yeah, there was, I, uh, I'm missing out on my shift differentials for working Saturday and Sunday, but I'm probably working Monday, which means I get time and a half, so I'll take it. Maybe yeah. more anyway. Not bad. I'll actually give you a, a relatively benign part of one of my Salem Halloween stories. Um, Adam, have you ever been to Salem Halloween? Not recently, but I'm sure. Well, if you've ever been, as you're driving in, it's, it's traffic is awful because everyone's trying to go. Um, So you sit in a lot of traffic and we were sitting in a lot of traffic and we were getting really fucking bored. And it was like, Five people. Uh, Bo Douglas, actually, we mentioned earlier, is in this. He was in this car with me. Um, it was like five people in our friend's Mustang at the time, and we had learned a while ago that we could pull down the back seat and slide into the trunk. So we are sitting in traffic for an extended period of time, and somebody gets the amazing idea to take the smallest person and have them slide through the back seat into the trunk, hit the release latch, and try to get out. Only for one of us to run out. Scream, shut up, and slam the trunk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Classic. Classic. Yeah. Cops didn't find it as amusing as you guys did. Oh, that's a shame. Should have asked them. Don't you have a sense of humor? (laughs) Same night, a friend of mine fell asleep on a doorway in Salem. Somebody else passed out wearing a motorcycle helmet and stole a McDonald's sign. There were a lot of stories that happened on that trip. Mm. Funny story, the Salem witch trials didn't actually take place in Salem. They were up near like Danvers, right? Yeah, where the, where the Salem township was back then is what is now Danvers. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, we got a, you know, and I, I, we try to keep things lighthearted on this show, but I did want to mention that we got uh, a bit of a scare on Monday. There's a prep school in Danvers, uh, St. John's, and apparently there was an active gunman on campus. Um, I didn't hear about it. Bec- well, I, I luckily they did a sweep and they didn't find anything, and I think they did a second one and everybody was cleared. But this happened while I was on my way 
to the nice little town of Danvers. So there was a gunman on campus, except that there wasn't. They didn't find anything, but that's oh. what the report was that got phoned in. But as I'm on 95 North heading up to Danvers, dude, a fleet of, like, black SUVs with the lights in the interior just, like, flew by me on the highway. <laughs> And, like, a helicopter. I was like, which I'm glad for the response, but at the same time, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. Fucked up. Fucked up where we live in. Yeah. Uh, So since Troy is not here, and I'm not sure if you guys made up a story as to why he's not here, because that's sort of a thing we do when Troy's not on. Um, But in any event... Troy is not here this week, so I will tell you guys what I watched this week that was kind of cool. Um, not sure, not sure if anybody's for sports fans, I guess. Not sure if anybody's seen it, but ES uh, Netflix, sorry, has a series called Untold, and they have one featuring the Malice and the Palace years ago between the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers when Ron Artest ran up into the stands. Uh, lots of behind the scenes footage, unseen stuff, untold stuff. Uh, very, very interesting. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I just started. They also have a series on Tim Donaghy and, and his NBA officiating, rigging games and things like that. And I got to tell you, as an NBA fan and somebody who watches these games and goes, there's clearly an agenda here, like in the way they're calling this game. He went there was a the one the part I'm up to at this point. Apparently, Allen Iverson, when he was playing for Den, the Denver Nuggets, um, had said something or had an issue with Steve Javi, who was a NBA official at the time. Might still be. I'm not even sure he works in the office, I think. Um, but in any event, part of this story is he, Alan Iverson has an issue with Steve Javi, so the referees got together and said, in this game, we're going to call palming on Alan Iverson every time he does it. He does it all the time, and we never call it, but tonight we're going to call it. And he's like, they called it like eight times, and he got rattled, and Denver lost the game. And I'm like, that's the shit that actually happens in yeah. the NBA. So when you guys, when people sit here and say, oh, this shit's fixed, not fixed, but they can certainly influence it one way or the other if they want it. And they're just sitting there openly talking about it on a Netflix series. Well, I mean, what's Tim Donaghy going to do at no, this point? No, but that's... Like he's ever getting a job there again. No, but that's disgusting. I know. Like, because we're just finding about it now, and it's like, oh, yeah, ha, funny 20 years ago. But, like, yeah, they literally were costing people games. And possibly are, still but, are. I mean, there are there are Twitter accounts that track uh, how each official calls games for certain teams. I thought you were going to say so, certain players, like LeBron. Well, that, I think <laughs> probably that, too. Um, but, like, the Celtics-Heat game the other night, they had the official, the head official for that game, that's blanking right now, but has the Celtics have never lost a game which he officiated. And shockingly, they won that game. I mean, but that's just, you know, not just coincidence. Uh, shh. <laughs> um, hey, it, no, you're right. It's it's rampant still, but it's no. But that does sound like an interesting series. I might have to check that out. It really is. There's, they have a bunch of other stuff they cover too that are not necessarily sports related. Very interesting theory. So Netflix Untold, check it out. Now the the Ron Artest thing, I remember that. Like I watched it live, time. dude. I yeah. Was, I, we, my wife and I. This is when we were dating. And she was spending the weekend at my house, and we were watching it on my in my room, 
Uh, and we were like, what the fuck is just like, did we do like at the time I had the TiVo that tells you how old it was, like the actual TiVo box. Right. And we were like rewinding that shit and watching it. And we're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Now I'm curious for someone who does not give a shit about NBA basketball. Adam. Yo. Did you ever hear about the Ron Artest thing? Did I you, remember. Did you see the video re- of him jumping into the stands and punching some guy in the face? Probably at some point. Okay. I mean, it was crazy, dude. It was like... I mean, it's also every fucking wrestling show ever, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, maybe that's part of the mindset that I have when I say that I hate these fucking wrestling shows now where they encourage the fans to, like, stand right on the apron of the ring and, like, when they encourage them to hold the wrestler and let the fans start chopping them and shit like that. Like, don't put that in people's minds that that's okay and that's acceptable and that you're part of the show because I grew up with that malice in the palace incident and I know I've seen what can happen when that kind of mentality goes very wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a reason that there should be separation between fans and athletes. I was also there when Big Rick Fuller almost set a VFW on fire going into the crowd. So... I- <laughs> They had so they had like a buffet at this show, and it was they had those little like fucking aluminum trays with like the sterno things below it, and he power I think he power bombed a motherfucker through the table, but they didn't clear it first, so the fucking thing hit the um, tablecloth, and it started, and we all had to evacuate, and the fire department had to come and clear the show. Oh and, fuck! Yeah. Nice. Oh, not like an indie show that does that. That was the old NWA New England days, though, so. Jason, I... How rude of us. You have been away from the rundown for so many weeks, possibly because Cody lost to Mania. I mean, I I can still blame that. How have you felt about the product since WrestleMania? Specifically... Well, well, let's keep it WWE and and we'll... You know, they're, they're weekly TV. Lots of stuff has happened, dude. I don't know what you're looking... Well, okay. For me, Backlash was good. Um, but... I, I, okay, so I did, I did... Backlash was one of my favorite PLEs in recent memory. Okay. Um, and I will say this. It's also a great example, and I've talked about this on the show... When Troy's gone on to rants about, you know, the NXT crowd hijacking the show or making a lot of noise, a stupid chance or blah, blah, blah. You see why I don't have an issue with that now, because when a crowd is as hot as they were at Backlash, you can take a good show and make it feel like a great show. And that show felt like a great show in large part because the audience was so there for everything. Yeah, It wasn't a crowd full of smarks going, Well, I think that this guy should not be doing this chop in this moment because this individual is adverse to... No, fuck it. They were a bunch of wrestling fans enjoying what they were watching and fucking letting the world know it. And it was awesome to see. Bad Bunny's entrance, one of the best of all time. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, loved Cody's entrance, one of the best Cody's of the night, by far. The largest Puerto Rican whoa of all time. It was amazing. 
Uh, no, like, like you said, the whole crowd was so hype. It, it really did make the show. Damian Priest looked like a goddamn superstar in that show. Mm-hmm. The presentation of him, he felt like a main eventer. And he showed for the first time, really, that he could elevate to that level and it wouldn't shake anybody at all. Yeah. And I thought the crowd, uh, it was wicked emotional for Zelina. I thought that was amazing. Yep. Her moment. Yep. And Obviously. fuck anybody who had an issue with her emotion on that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. 100% fuck them. Because they, that's what it. Brad this, Shepard, I'm looking at you. Fuck you. <laughs> that's what this should, be all, this should be all about, is moments like that. And for that girl, that was absolutely. a fucking moment of her life. Absolutely. And I, I got to tell you, I enjoy these shows more when I can connect emotionally with what I'm watching. And she allowed me to do that in that moment. So, absolutely. Yeah. Connecting emotionally. That, that's what's been missing for me from the weekly TV products. <laughs> and I don't know if it's a Cody thing or if it's because Roman missed like six straight weeks of TV. But, like, I don't know. No, man. you know what it is? You know what it is, though? What? You know what it is? It's that mentally, for almost everybody, the bloodline angles ended at WrestleMania, yeah. except the company didn't realize it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the fucking truth. That's really it, is that <sighs> Cody should have won the championship. I actually saw what is one of these like bizarre world, like, they fucked up the ending. This is what they should have done. What would have happened in an alternate universe? Cody wins that match. Cody goes to Raw the next night. He's celebrating. Roman attacks him. Brock comes in for the save. Then Brock takes him out. And it makes more sense than having him do it in a random tag team match before it starts. Brock and Cody go to Backlash where Cody defends the championship against Brock. Like, it, this whole timeline, and it was like, this is so much better than what we got. Oh, 100%. Um, there's zero reason for it. The fact that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are still feuding with the bloodline means that they failed at WrestleMania. Yes. Because winning the tag titles was a small part of what their stated mission was. Their stated mission was to destroy the bloodline. Clearly, they didn't fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say this. The one thing I've seen bloodline-related that was very interesting to me that I'm very, very much looking forward to was if you caught on, on Friday Night SmackDown this past week, Roman gets into it with Jay, and he goes to leave, and he accidentally bumps into Solo, mm-hmm. and as and he jumps back, and it's the first time we've seen Roman show fear towards someone. Yeah, that is 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 Solo the guy that's gonna take these titles off of Roman eventually? Was a very nice. Um, is visual. that that small seed we're planting right now? It, it was a very nice visual because the crowd instantly reacted to it, too. Because it's like, oh, shit, it's Solo. Yeah. But it's Roman. So, but Solo, to his credit, didn't even, he was just like, fuck you bumping me for, man. Like, he didn't show any fear. That mm-hmm. was good. That was really Re- good. Remember the yeah. clip that they used in the trial of Sami Zayn? Mm-hmm. Sammy Sammy, bumped of Sami from... accidentally bumping into Roman. Yeah. yeah. So it was, no, it was really, really it well was done. Nice, but 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 other than that, I mean, the bloodline to me, I I, I will say this: I'm interested in seeing what happens at Night of Champions, in the sense that if this is going to end up where I think it might for SummerSlam, then I'm interested in seeing how that goes. 
if we end up Usos versus Roman and Solo at SummerSlam, I'd be interested in seeing that. Because that almost does fulfill the Sami Zayn prophecy of destroying the bloodline. Sure. But I would be surprised if we and in a weird way this this week. And a weird, but well, so here's the thing: in a weird way, Sammy losing the titles to Solo and Roman might be ultimately the way he destroys the bloodline. Wrap your fucking mind around that. Kind of cool. I'm sure that's going to be everybody's first thought. First thought the following week on SmackDown when Roman comes. Right, but I'm saying it now before everybody else does. <laughs> no, so. no. What I'm saying is I don't think that's what people are going to focus on. I think they're going to focus on you know all the hate they usually have for Roman, but now it's going to be worse because he's going to come out there with four fucking belts. So uh, a lot of people kind of like, like you said, they're over it. There's nothing. You've beaten this to death. But the other thing I think that, I, that compounds everything is that the, they made it seem like the draft was going to be change. And Raw, the past few weeks since the draft has been the same fucking thing as always been. Like, Well, and, and again, why did we do a draft? Paul Heyman's on Raw, cutting promos. We got, we, we still got everyone crossing back and forth. Why the, what was the fuck was the point of the draft? Just end the brand split. <laughs> They tried to do this to strengthen the brand split. <laughs> I know. And then they can't can't stop stepping on their own dick. We got the Raw champ. We got the Raw Which is a problem I can relate to. Oh, there you go. We got the Raw Women's Champ on SmackDown. We got the SmackDown Women's Champ on Raw. And they refuse to address it. They're just like the Women's Champ. Which, I mean, if you want to go that route, fine. But in the graphic, it still says, you know, Bianca is defending the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. Don't even get me started about that. <laughs> um, I don't really have an issue with that. It's just old hat. Why? Why are we going back to Oscar? We just well because at the WrestleMania post WrestleMania stuff, Bianca kept saying, "I respect Oscar," except for that whole missed thing. So she right. was sort of show, throwing a little shade on Oscar after WrestleMania. I feel like that's not the first time that Oscar's missed at her though. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought she did it in the build-up to Mania, but... It doesn't really matter. The point is... Yeah, well, I mean, was... she missed the mist this week. <laughs> but got it on her, so... That's some good aim right there. Mm-hmm. Montez Ford did the same thing. <laughs> Except I think in that case, he was trying not to get it in her eyes. Yeah, it goes yeah. where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, speaking of TV this week, anything pique your interest from TV this week? I want to talk about AEW. <clears throat> <laughs> all right, I'll be back in twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Now, obviously, we are recording this on Wednesday night. I have not seen the current episode. Of I have Dynamite, not all the way through. I've seen some of it. I haven't seen all of it. I was watching a little bit of it before I came downstairs. Um, couple things. First, I'm actually going to give a little bit of creative credit here to Tony Khan or whoever is responsible for this particular uh, storyline, story arc. 
Um, because I know we've joked and sort of complained about the fact that Orange Cassidy is on TV every week and blah, 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 and has more wins than anybody in the company, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to just want to point out the fact that I enjoy that Jason starts talking about AEW and Sal immediately goes to his phone. <laughs> well, it's actually but, answering a text about AEW. So there you go. Um, but if you sort of look below the surface, the story that they're telling with Orange Cassidy is fairly interesting because what they're telling is almost that old Bret Hart story that they were telling after he won the title from Rick Rick Flair in old Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, because they started telling the story almost immediately that he was burning the candle at both ends. And there was no way he could hold on to this title as he continued to take on Razor Ramon and then Shawn Michaels. And then this kept building and building and building until eventually he did lose the title. And that's sort of what they've been doing with Orange Cassidy, because every week he's getting he's taking on every single challenger. And every week he's taking more punishment, suffering a new injury, and continuing to have to fight through it. Now it's a little bit of, Motley, uh, of um, oh God, what's the? Uh, I want to say Motley Crue, but not Motley Crue. Um, uh, we are the Knights of Ah uh, shit. Monty Python. Yes, yes. That's, I don't know why that escaped me. Yes, on. it is like, a little bit of mine. You know, a little bit of that. Mo- Motley Crue, Monty Python. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> it, it, I told you, dude. It's been a long few weeks. Right. Um, but it is a little bit of that. Of like, oh, I'm going to chop off your your arm. Or I'll beat you with my leg. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> and that's sort of what what Orange Cassidy's doing because he's no longer able to win with the Orange Punch because his hand hurts. So he's having to win find roll-ups and he's he has to find the different ways to win and it's sort of kind of a cool storyline that they're telling if you follow just slightly below the surface story um i am curious to see how that pays off in the battle royal because i imagine that's sort of going to be the payoff to the story where he's eventually going to lose the title because he doesn't have to get pinned to lose this title but he's so beaten down and so injured and so that he cannot simply cannot win the battle royal um but I, I think it's been an interesting little piece of storytelling. Wait, so does that mean you're instantly going to get mad if Cassidy wins the Battle Royal? No. no. Okay. <laughs> because it'll just be continuing the story. Like, I'm fine with that. But this isn't the case of, as has happened in the past, where some random confluence of events happens around AEW and the fans go, oh, that was such great long-term storytelling. But this is actually long-term storytelling that they've been doing. But you and know I what? enjoy it. That is fair, and I didn't think of it like that, but when you bring up Brett in 92, it makes sense. It just They kept always talking about this pace, he'll take on all yeah. challengers, you know, he's, he's and he's getting these like long matches where he's getting right. beating during it. So that is a good point. So yeah. credit yeah. to them on so, that. I am, I am enjoying that, and I think that's it's impressive. Um, let's see what else came out of this show that I thought was interesting. What did you Ma- think of Adam uh, Cole? Motley Python. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> there's there's an episode title option. Um, all right. I actually enjoyed the Chris Jericho Roderick Strong Street fight. I thought it was a throwback to the old school street fights where they actually. Went out into the crowd, went out into the arena, visually showed you a bunch of different stuff, some signs that you probably shouldn't have seen. Now, for all the people <laughs> knocking AEW for the seat filler sign, the reality is that's probably an arena sign, not an AEW sign. Um, but I liked that they showed us a lot of different visual things. And I've complained about that all the time. I think that was one of the things the Attitude Era did well, is that the 
backstage was not a, a a generic set that everybody stood in front of. You visually were in different places throughout the arena all the time back in the Attitude Era, and I thought that was one of the things that I, I did enjoy about that time. Um, and this was a bit of a throwback to that. It sort of gave me vibes of Chris Benoit, Kevin Sullivan street fights, where they would go into the bathrooms and shit and like mm-hmm. just beat the shit out of each other. Um even some of the goofier aspects of it, like throwing ice cream at it, I, I just didn't have a problem with it. It was to me, it was that old school. I remember watching Van Hammer in a fucking Falls Count Anywhere match. I don't even remember who he was facing, was but where they, <laughs> where they went into like a horse stall and somebody threw horse shit at each other. Like it, it's that old school style. Like I just, I sort of enjoyed it. Did uh, the only did, pl- did CM Punk uh, provide the ice cream? <laughs> um. The only place where it fell apart, I actually even liked the sort of creativity of Adam Cole being lured outside by Roderick Strong because Adam Cole was banned from the arena. I thought that was a smart little way to do this as well. Um, The only place where it fell flat for me was at the very end because Adam Cole hits the boom. But because Roderick Strong's move requires Jericho to stand up, Jericho immediately stands up after the boom, completely no-selling Adam Cole's finisher, only to eat the Roddy knee strike and get pinned. Um, I just thought it made Adam Cole's finisher look awful. But other than that, I thought it was actually really well-done television. It was definitely, um, like you said, visually different. I think my favorite part was when they were fighting in the um, the stairwell, and they were like, fighting on the side without the railings which yep. like yep. never really seen that before so that would to me oh. that was that was good the ice yep. cream thing was kind of stupid not gonna lie the ice cream it thing was, was hokey but it was hokey in a wrestling way it was oh, that, that's old school cream, pro no. wrestling. <laughs> yeah it was old school pro wrestling shit that's just fine that's fine um but um i like i, I kind of like this feud even though it's jericho you know but i think it's the right feud for for cole coming 100%. back 100 percent Hundred percent. So it's, somebody who's going to work a state, safe style with them, keep them safe in the ring. Not you're not going to have to bleed everywhere. You know, like it's just have a good, solid wrestling match. And the storytelling has been good. There's been psychology to it. Uh, like I said, we talk about. And again, people will sit there and go, oh, yeah, you see the copy and WWE stuff. But you know what? If something's good, I don't care where the idea comes from. If you get something good out of it, and the the handcuffing him to the Ring ropes while you attack Britt Baker. It was very reminiscent of the Randy Orton, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon segment, which I thought was good storytelling because every man in the world can relate to the idea of you know somebody taking liberties with your wife or sister or your mother or whoever, some female in your life, while you're unable to, while you have to stand there and watch and how fucking pissed you would be and how much you would want to kill that person. Like it, it hits the primal nature of people watching, and I think that's good television. Sure, I agree. Um, one thing that happened a long time ago was Ricky Starks was hot as a pistol coming out of the tournament to determine the number one contender. He lost to MJF, and everybody said, well, see, this is the build of a big push for Ricky Starks. And then they signed Switchblade Jay White, and everybody went, oh, here's a big, huge main event, or what a get for AEW. And neither one feels important at all as they feud with each other. They both feel like complete and utter afterthoughts in this feud. I don't understand it because, like you said, you had a red hot Ricky Starks. You signed the hottest free agent in 2023. Let's be honest. That's the guy everybody was talking about since Wrestle Kingdom. What? 
What? Did, well, I mean, first of all, you stuck Jay White with Juice Robinson, so that that's your problem number one. But then he's been in, he's been in the background, like he's not like a featured, um, you know, act on Dynamite. It's like he'll get like two minutes on Dynamite, and they'll be like, "I'll take you on on Rampage," and it's like, "Yeah, we finally got the match on Dynamite." But by that point, who cared? They didn't do anything to build this. Every, not on Dynamite, at least. Everything was built on Rampage. And, again, if you're Jay White, this wasn't the first... This shouldn't have been your first feud. This made no sense. No. And it's also a feud where if you want to keep Ricky Starks hot, you want him to win his feuds. But if you want Jay White to look important, you want him to win his feuds. So you got two guys who really need to win the feud competing against each other, and someone's got to lose. That's puts you in a bad position. You need somebody who isn't in who isn't damaged by putting somebody else over. So um last thing, what did you think about the reunion of the elite Sal? I am probably one of the few people um who actually like the way this has been done. Because we, you know we turned the BCC full heel right after we had Mox fight um, fight with Hangman Page for for that program and and you've been keeping Page away from this based on what happened with Don Callis. I thought they did a really nice job in the cage match with Kenny and and Moxley, especially at the end with the turn. Mm-hmm. And um, I popped when Hangman came out because that's the guy. I don't want to see fucking Takeshka in there. I want to see fucking Hangman in there. And mm-hmm. now we're talking. Now we're rolling. Now the elite's back together. Yeah. And again, if we look, listen, we take the shots at AEW Creative when it's deserved. But I think on this show particularly, we tend to not give them the flowers when they deserve it either. And I think this is a case, another case where they do deserve their flowers for this creative storyline, because what they did to, to sort of to the point you were making, they, they started this with multiple sort of different stories that they wove together as this way of bringing the elite back together. Um, from, you mentioned the, the Adam Page, John Moxley thing, to the Blackpool Combat Club, to Daniel Bryan's return, to the Dark Order being involved, to Don Callis, to all these little small elements to cash to all these little things that seemed completely unrelated to each other at times, were all part of how, of the path of the story and telling the story of how Hangman Page found his way back to his family. Um, I could do without the eye patch. I think we've had too many eye patches in AEW. <laughs> that was my but, only thing. I was like, wait, why did they get Rocky Romero to help them? Right. Um, I could do without anarchy in the arena because I think that concept is hokey as shit. I thought they were going to do blood and guts. <laughs> well, whatever. But the story that they told to get us here, I applaud them. And I appreciate the storytelling. I know Troy likes to throw around Booker of the Year every time he doesn't like a story, but at the same time, I think it is important when we acknowledge the creative wins that they have when they have them, and I think they've had a few lately um, that deserve some of that praise. Um, Again, it's easy to not appreciate these things when you don't religiously and regularly watch the shows and follow along with the shows and follow along with the storylines. As somebody who continues to watch AEW Dynamite, who continues to watch Rampage every week, who continues to watch Being the Elite every week, I 
am plugged into these stories, and maybe that makes me more um, apt to enjoy them. But I do. Uh, and if you make the effort to continue to be in the loop on the stories that they're trying to tell, it becomes easier to enjoy them. That's all. I Okay, so I do still watch Dynamite Weekly. I will admit most of the time it's for the sake of the show. But I have enjoyed it more recently than I was for a while. I can't with Rampage because of JR. He has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. And it shows. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I, I sit there with full attention, right. Rampage, but I record it on my DVR. At some point during the week, I will watch it, even if it's with something else going on in the background, and it's just sort of background noise. But just to be aware of things that are happening. Like, listen, Taya is fighting Jade Cargill for a championship this weekend. Now, listen, I'm not looking forward to this match. We'll talk about it later, but it's not like one of the things that I'm sitting here this weekend and going, oh, fuck, I really can't wait to see this. But at the same time, when I watch the match, having seen the storyline play out a little bit will make the match slightly more enjoyable because I'll at least know what they're doing. It's not just a random match to me. And that storyline has essentially played out on Rampage. So I think it is important, if you want to be aware of what's going on, to put in the effort to be present at least for what's going on on the shows sure sure and i think the same would be true with wwe i think if you stopped watching smackdown every single week would, would these bloodline storylines at wrestlemania have impacted you as much as they did for people probably not and that's sort of the same thing like if you're not following the product then you can't grasp the full weight of the stories right mm. that's all that's fair yeah you can't just just watch clips and then try to like understand what's going on, and or then there, be upset because you don't understand what's going. Yeah, on. Yeah, there is context that's required. Right. You know? Um, the problem that they've had for me, especially in the past year or so, is that they'll do something like you know Adam Cole and Jericho, or they'll do something like um, the Elite and and the BCC, but in the same show, then they also do stuff like Jeff and Karen Jarrett. You mean in the same way that we'll do Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens reunite on the same show that we'll do Mustafa Ali debuting Positive Ali? The WWE does the same fucking thing. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Like, sure. And, but, and to yeah. me, this is the argument I've always made for the AEW against the AEW fans. Those people who are sitting there saying it's the same thing. It's just different wrestlers performing the same, essentially the same old wrestling tropes. Right. Like the show, if if you tell me that I watch AEW and not WWE because I really prefer the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega's and ring work to, you know, Matt Riddle and Sami Zayn, that's fine. I got no beef with that. But don't tell me they're reinventing the wheel. They're doing the right. same thing. In the same vein, don't tell me that WWE is doing everything so much better when they're essentially doing the same thing as AEW is doing that you're shitting all over. Right. Make sense? The thing is, is that. Overall, though, like, for example, when you have a show like Backlash, that makes me enjoy that product more than when AEW puts on a show like they did a couple weeks ago that was absolute trash on their Wednesday night program. I don't remember. Well, you're comparing a pay-per-view to a Wednesday night show. Well, AEW only does four a year, which, you know... It's, well, I'm I'll... saying it's sort of an unfair comparison, right? Sure, and, and I get it, and I've complained about Raw being boring too, but like... 
That's like it's like comparing fucking the the Wembley Stadium show AEW is going to do to fucking WWE main event. Like, but you know what the problem is? Equivalent. Is like the the best parts of WWE are better than anything AEW's done, but the worst parts of AEW are worse than anything than WWE. It depends, done. and I think I've had this conversation or this debate with with Troy before too. It really depends on what you like to get out of your storyline and out of your wrestling. And I think Troy and I, and, and I think you guys too, are similar in the idea that we've seen so much wrestling over the years that nothing in ring is going to make us really go, holy shit, anymore. That's sure, there's a move here or there. But for the most part, we watch to be engaged in the storylines and see the payoff of the storylines more so than – the the in ring we like watching the in ring but it's that's not the end game for us the end game is the storyline and the payoff uh, WrestleMania and I keep going back to it but the Bloodline and Owens and Zayn being a great example of that and Cody mm-hmm. um, whereas I think a lot of the fandom of AEW prefer the actual in ring work and seeing the talent do the cool moves even if they're nonsensical at times to the storyline so AEW for their part focuses more on just putting great in-ring matches out there and sometimes the storylines don't always match up in the same way wwe focuses on the storylines and sometimes the in-ring stuff they give you on a week-to-week basis isn't top-notch but and again i'm not really even defending wwe here because i've had my issues with them like I've, i've mentioned but i will say that typically on a raw or smackdown you will see stars. You will see genuine household name WWE superstars. And sometimes on Dynamite, you get QT Marshall and 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 people like that. So and, I mean, and, and sometimes on Raw, you get Positive Ali and Otis <laughs> and Mansoir. And I, I, we could do this all day. Both shows are the same in that regard, though. All That's right, all, all right. I'm saying. Fair enough. Speaking of which, um, we had an interesting... Yeah, we should talk some WWE. <laughs> we had an interesting interaction this So we week. can get Adam back into the discussion. Uh, and Adam Adam will pop for this one because he gets the reference. What Adam, what did you think of the guy who came to talk to Cody in the locker room? I thought you were just going to stop at the guy who came. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, I watched everything this week. Um, but the only thing I have notes for is NXT. Cause I, I, there was something about Raw and SmackDown that just did not, did not hold my interest this week. What, so I know. You mean Brock know, breaking I, Cody's arm six times didn't hold your interest? <laughs> <laughs> So I know I know what you're referencing, but I don't know the specific detail you're looking for. Well, I thought I no, I did think it was interesting. It was the first time we saw you, Triple H like in a scene with Cody since he, you know, sort of filling the Vince McMahon role of old yes, days. Yes. Um. And I, I, what I wanted them to do was I wanted them to to get to a unsanctioned match. Like Cody, if you won't let the doctors check you out, then we're not going to sign off in this match. You're going to have to sign, you know, a whole timeless agreement. And he'd be like, show me where to sign. I don't care. Cause no one's going to check me out. I'm, I'm not missing this match. But instead he's just like, ah, well, 
I, I don't know. I guess you have a broken arm and you're going to wrestle. <laughs> like, what? No, what he did was he tried to discourage him from wrestling and saying it wasn't smart and he couldn't let him do it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but now he's going to let him do and it. <laughs> because, because of what Cody said, Cody reminded him where he came from before he was an executive, that you were once in my shoes and you did the same thing. Sure. This was you. This but, is what you did. You're the guy who fucking finished a match with a torn quad. Nobody pulled you out of that ring. Nobody's like, and maybe Cody should have verbalized that. Might have made it a little bit better. But that's what he was saying. And, and if you knew, you knew. Um, so I didn't have a problem with it. I actually thought it was it was a nice use of Triple H as a way of elevating Cody even more than he already is. Oh, no, I get that. I get everything Cody said, but, you know, storyline-wise, there's no reason why they should allow him to wrestle if he has a broken arm. Like... Again, this is an old wrestling trope. Like... Eh. Randy Orton's dad wrestled with a uh, wrestled with a broken arm for years. No. <laughs> Iron Mike Sharp had that injury that required that little, cla- that little uh, protector on his forearm for years. Fucking dust, Dusty Rhodes and Lex Luger had those bionic plates. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So why is this? Again, I, sometimes I honestly like all the stuff that we've allowed in the world of wrestling. Like sometimes the things we choose to get worked up about, it e- sort of blows my mind. Okay. Like we're perfectly fine with some of the dumbest shit. We're perfectly fine with the fact that a guy. Listen, at its most basic. The Irish whip is a ridiculous fucking thing <laughs> of course. that we all just overlook on a on a match by match basis. I understand, but that. then we want to nitpick certain things and act like it's the worst thing ever. It's, just, it's not the worst thing it's ever. It's just you had it right there. Just make them sign a hold harmless agreement, and have an unsanctioned match. Buffalo and if Wild they West. if they force that before the bell rings, then I'm happy. I'm fine with it. It just that's where it naturally goes. Why, you know, they're I mean, not going to have a regular match. Though, like, if the announcers before the match say Cody Rhodes has signed an agreement that he's, you know, one of the, like that's fine. That's all I need. Yeah. That, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, that would be my preferred method if they just do that. Just have them fucking street fight. Um, but I also heard this is going to be a three match deal. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Brock's going to win this one. Probably by referee stoppage. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, you mentioned Ali. Ali is getting a shot at the Gunter Continental Championship. Um, but you know what? I thought he did all right for his part this week. That was, you know, until somebody it told was... him to fuck off. But uh... I, 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 I enjoy. I laughed at that. Get a life, kid. Uh... <laughs> hey, you know what they say? If Brock's interacting with you, you must be a star, right? Right. Um. <laughs> It was the most real I think we've seen Mustafa Ali since that segment on, was it Raw Talk or Talking Smack or whatever, when he talked about the legends coming back and subjugating the current talent rather than elevating the current talent. Um, And I'm there for it. Ali, by himself, is a compelling, um, talented, well-spoken individual with an amazing backstory. Um, who should probably be highlighted more for that. And if they put more of that and less of the hokey comedy and re- revolution and all that bullshit, 
then yeah, uh, I'm there for it. I'm, if that means that he knocks off Gunther overseas, even just for the hometown pop of him winning the title, I'm fine with that. And then we go on to yes, there you go. Uh, and then we go on retribution, to by the way, getting the title back on Gunther or Gunther moving on to other things. Like I'm fine with that. To be honest with you, and we'll talk about in predictions later. I don't see a lot of titles changing at Night of Champions. I don't either. So no. I am entirely because we haven't seen many titles change at all lately in general. We, right. you know, it, that's to me the biggest failing of the company right now is that they're so focused on having these long title reigns that they can put in record books and all that shit that the the end result of that is things becoming very stale. And I think that sort of speaks to what you were trying to say earlier in you know not enjoying the product as much lately because it is just the same thing with different faces that like we know Roman ain't losing that title till at least WrestleMania this year if not next year right. we know you know Bianca ain't losing that title for a while we know that Rhea ain't losing the title for a while to and your that point, creates stillness to your yeah. point I've said it to I've said it to Sal before we're not in the age of you're Bruno San Martino. You're right. Bob Backlund. We're in a short but attention not, span timeline, yes. but we're not in the we're not in the age of the Attitude Era, which is you know shuffle the belts all the time and just to create right. moments. But they haven't found that happy medium where you can have longer title reigns that don't get boring. And I don't even time. mind having like like we've lived through three years of Roman Reigns holding a title, and that's fine but not every single title it doesn't every, every single title doesn't need to be having record-breaking runs at the same it, time that's the yeah. problem if you are telling this story with roman now it just seems like every other title is getting the same treatment by default and it makes it it, it looks like well, we don't have any fucking ideas, so just keep it on the same people. Well, it also <laughs> makes Roman's accomplishment look less special if everyone is holding on to their title sure, for so long. Sure, sure. Pretty soon Bianca's going to be a 500-day champ. Like, right. Well, uh, they shouldn't try to do that all at once with every title. They should and, and keep the end it result, interesting. Right, and the end result is damaging. So, for example, how interested are you in the tag team division, if at all, like a team like the Street Profits, for example. Let's say the Street Profits have a great fucking match with Gable and Otis, who actually are quite an impressive tag team. Um, mm-hmm. But let's say they have a great match together. What does it matter? Because I know that the tag titles are revolving around the bloodline and Owens and Zayn, and will do so for the foreseeable future. So the tag team division is largely put on hold and relegated to being a non-competitive situation. Yes. Similar to the women's division. I know Bianca's winning that title, so whomever she faces doesn't really matter because I know she ain't losing that title. Roman, same thing. And this was my rant after WrestleMania. If you remember, part of my rant after WrestleMania was, we've done three years. I don't need another year of knowing every single time Roman steps in a ring, he's not losing his title. Which is the one thing that makes Night of Champions interesting to me because it creates a little bit of, ooh, I wonder what they're going to do, because here's a way Roman can lose a match without actually losing his titles. Mm -hmm. So uh, that in and of itself makes me interested. But 
the the championship divisions and the championship races are largely pointless and hard hard to even get excited about anymore yeah. just for just for reference beyond beyond the titles that changed hands at wrestlemania mm-hmm. and the two women's titles that are that are vacant right now um you've got gunther's held the intercontinental championship for 349 days uh let's see wesley's uh, i mean if, even including nxt wesley's been the north american champion for 215 days uh, fucking Bianca Belair has been Raw Women's Champion for 418 days. Austin Theory's been U.S. Champ for 180 days, and uh, yeah, Roman's Roman's at 998 right now. So, yeah, I, I you know part of the enjoyment that's always been wrestling, part of the fucking fabric of its being, is exciting title changes, or on the flip side of it. When a heel takes a title by like dastardly means, like what? Well, think a back, storytelling device. Like you know, what think I mean? back to the black and gold era of NXT and what made that so interesting and exciting and something we got we got at the time so fucking ramped up for was we would do these prediction polls and it would be all over the fucking map. Nobody mm-hmm. would win. Nobody would clean sweep because nobody fucking knew because the way they told their stories. You never knew who was winning a match from a show-to-show basis. Mm-hmm. How many of our fucking things, our predictions lately, have been you know one wrong or a clean sweep or two wrong is like the last place guys? Like it's just so predictable right now, so obvious that it's not as interesting to watch. And that's a disservice to the other people in those divisions. Yeah, absolutely. And it it does marginalize those people. And it makes your roster less interesting. Street Profits, Viking Raiders, Chad and and Otis, they could have great banger matches and none of it matters. (laughs) Sheamus, and and all joking aside with the catchphrase, but is having banger matches every single fucking time he's out there. And you watch a match like last week, and you know he's not winning that fucking title. <laughs> it is what it is. What did you think, Jason, of Austin Theory taking the pin in that in that first round triple threat? It didn't bother me. Lashley. <laughs> he took a loss at WrestleMania. I mean, he could have taken the loss at WrestleMania if it wasn't a title match, and nobody would have batted an eye to Cena, right? I mean, as long as he doesn't lose the title, that's what happens with heels. They lose matches where their titles aren't on the line. That's standard fare you know the i'm trying to think the other thing this week that caught my attention obviously you know kevin owens and Sami Zayn against imperium that's fine the all four of those guys are entertaining in the ring um is there any consequence to any of this (laughs) this is but I think they're doing a good job of establishing Imperium on Raw. Yeah, they definitely feel like they're important. Yes. Um, speaking of establishing, I really enjoyed Pretty Deadly's debut on SmackDown this that week. That was mm-hmm. fun. I that thought they fun. felt like a big deal. For I sure. thought they they were very true to their NXT characters. They didn't change a lot, um, including perhaps my favorite part. Um, Oh, God, I always mix up the names. Elton is the blonde one, correct? Correct. Okay. Elton is tied up in the ropes, and the referee goes to get one of the brawling brutes out of the ring. He unties himself, they hit spilled milk, and he goes over and <laughs> ties, ties himself, himself back, back up in the ropes. 
Which <laughs> just so ridiculous, but so fitting of the characters, and I loved that. Well, and I yeah. hope that turned into a big deal. But again, here's the thing. So they feel like a big deal now because it's their debut and it's new and it's fresh. Right. A couple weeks when they have no titles to compete for, how big of a deal do they feel like? Uh, that's the problem. <laughs> Um, no, to By the point, way, I really did enjoy that. That was fun with with those two. Pretty deadly were the guests on After the Bell last week. It was a oh, nice. Fun, nice. fun interview. And that's Very the nice. thing, too. So we did bring 18 or so people up from NXT. And, you know, some of them have, have had their debuts already. Some of them not yet, but... It's nice because it's fresh. Some of them are still wrestling on NXT. Yes. It's mm-hmm. nice because it's fresh. But like Jason said, in a few weeks, is it still going to be fresh? Is it going to... I I actually think these things that they're doing on NXT with Von Wagner will make him better off when he does make his full-time main roster debut. But um, we can talk about that when we talk about NXT if you want. Um, from, I still don't care. <laughs> from an impressive debut to one that was far less impressive and makes me worry about this person's long-term viability. Uh, the Grayson Waller effect was a large waste of time. Um, nothing was really accomplished except rehashing something that's already been settled. Uh, Waller felt like... The thing that made Waller great in NXT was he was brash, he was arrogant, but he could back it up when the bell rang. He felt like just a, a glorified manager in the way he shit-talked the guy but didn't ever feel like he was willing to get in there and back it up. Um, I would have liked to see him debut in ring. I would yeah. like to have seen him, if nothing else, get physical and take AJ out. You know what I mean? Or, or have a different guest that he could have taken out to build towards something. That's the problem. You're putting AJ on this pedestal because he's going for this new world title, and rightfully right. so. So you're not going to make him look anything less than on the right. Grayson Waller effect. So, yeah, Grayson Waller kind of came off as a jobber. I mean, he's not, but that's if you don't know who he is, what stood out about him? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was just poor. It's like, it, it's, yeah, it's like they were, they were trying to make... They were trying to make Waller seem important by having, you know, one of the participants in that world title match as his guest on his talk show. But they, like, like Jason said, they didn't accomplish anything. There was nothing, there was no there there because there's nothing that's going to happen in the, in the near term between Waller and AJ Styles. Right. Exactly. Um, I liked Alba Fire and Isla Dawn's debut. thought that was a nice presentation of them. A uh, little squash match. I it's don't like the squash. NXT tag titles being on them. I don't like the fact that they are a reigning tag team champion, women's tag team champion in this company, and they are not included in the women's tag team championship four-way. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, I think you have enough viable tag team competitors that you could very well do a mini tournament, you know, four teams, eight teams, however you want to do it, and use that as a vehicle to get Alba Fire and Isla Dawn over, to get uh, Casey and Caden over, who really haven't made much of an impact since being called up because they don't have the time to do so. 
Um, it would have been a great opportunity to reunite JCJ and GD Dolan because they are floundering as singles wrestlers. Yeah. Um, so I think they, they could have used this tournament, uh, created a tournament and used it as a way to elevate the women's tag team division instead of just saying, Hey, fatal four way. Here's, here's four random thrown together team. Oh, three, sorry, three random thrown together teams and, uh, Rhonda and Shayna. Well, by the well, way, guess who's winning? <laughs> two random teams. Rhonda and Shayna, and then Raquel. Raquel will have a secret partner. Oh, look at Shotzi. Who she teamed with before? The who she, she teamed, teamed with, with before? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I'm like, we just we're 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 pretending that didn't happen. Awesome. Yeah. And what does it matter? Just give it to Shayna and fucking Rhonda. <laughs> But but see if you did it in such a way where you had let's say Ember and Casey uh, Katana sorry um, and I say Ember because she reminds me of Ember Moon but Katana and Caden um, right. you have them in this match or in this tournament that you have and then they pull off the upset and they beat Ronda and Shayna and now you have a program between two legit tag teams for a tag team championship fantastic. And the tag team, the women's tag titles, Kaden all of a sudden, you, you've elevated those two and made them look great and important, and you've actually elevated the women's tag team titles to something that has a purpose and is interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're just doing throwing them on somebody else and hoping they can elevate those titles. It's just disappointing. It is, yeah, because they know how to do it when they want to, and and. It's not all their fault, because as you mentioned, and this is what I brought up um, during the draft, SmackDown's two hours, and you have to have X amount of time for certain stuff. You know, obviously you're trying to build AJ going into this match. You're gonna have, you have big plans, and it is what it is, but you have big plans for the bloodline going into uh, Night of Champions. You only have two hours, which which... Is what? I think they said it's like one hour and twenty two minutes of screen time. Everything else is commercials. So So you want SmackDown to be three hours, is what you're saying. No, what I'm saying is that you I've heard have, that's on the table. I know. You don't have the time to to put time into these acts like a Casey and a Caden. You I, can create time. You can. The, the problem <laughs> you have, and this is going back to the old NXT days and, and people would said you know, NXT guys would fail on the main roster. And, and to me, the issue was never the NXT guys and what they could do. To me, the issue was always that you're bringing in seven new talents. You're not moving seven old talents out. Right. You're just increasing and bloating the, the main roster. Mm-hmm. And those seven talents that you're not getting rid of are still getting TV time. And now you're adding seven more mouths to feed, essentially. Mm-hmm. There needed to be more, and again, I'm not saying this to advocate people losing their job. That's not what I want to do here. But more of that old school NXT approach where you don't see everybody on TV every week, and it's fine, and they feel more special when they're on. Um, Enzo and Cass got so over in NXT because they were a an attraction. When they were on, it was awesome. And then they went to the main roster, and they had them out there doing the catchphrase every single week. And it lost fire very quickly because people are like, I've done this. I did this last week. I did it the week before that. I did it the week before that. I'm fucking sort of over it now. Yeah. And that and that's the problem. You have people axe 
like the Brawling Brutes. Great, I love the Brawling Brutes. They're 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 talented. I love I love Butch. I think he's he's amazing. And Sheamus has been putting in great work, but they've had all this time on TV for the past year. <laughs> what you know, give them a break. Okay, they're they're still going to be as over as they always were if you if you keep them off for a few weeks. And fuck, I'm sure they would love the time off. But no, because you have to sell the house shows and you have to fucking... And Austin Theory's on every week and he needs 10 minutes. But oh wait, you just drafted Bobby Lashley and we need to make Lashley a big deal. It's just like, Dude, what the fuck? You used to know how to do this much better. <laughs> I will say they have done a nice job of making the LWO feel important. Yeah. And maybe a lot of that had to do with the crowd at Backlash, but, um, you know, Santos, for the first time since coming up to the main roster, feels important. That, yeah, mm-hmm. no, he does. And I think the SmackDown main event this week was really good. Yeah, it was. Actually, I was... Although, <laughs> you get the same thing where the Bloodline's fighting for the tag titles, but it's not the tag team in the Bloodline, but the, the Usos are fighting a tag team from the LWO, but it's not the tag team in the LWO, it's the two singles guys. <laughs> that being said... Um, I thought it was a pretty good big moment for Santos to to be part of a team that scored a win over the Usos. Yeah. And I was surprised. I was like, they're not going to have the Usos lose. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Based on the story they're telling, yes, they are. Are they actively attempting to make Zelina Vega the new Sasha Banks? Wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> From her appearance to her, the way she speaks, her cadence, like... She's definitely. It definitely feels like, hey, here's this woman. We can sort of just pretend Sasha was never here and make this 2.0. You know, it's a lot. Of and people... that sucks because Zelina's good and she should get her own sort yes, of thing. Yes, but. but but that's the thing that they can do, especially to the masses. They can put someone in a similar position. They already look a similar way, and it's or maybe the king of Saudi Arabia wanted Sasha Banks, and they were like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> "That's not Sasha Banks, sure it is, sure it is." Oh yeah, now you figure this shit out. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of the women's division, what did you think about the contract signing between Trish and Becky? <laughs> Trish is still awesome. You guys, I, I, you guys are being. Well, you guys, great. I never say anything bad about last Trish. week's show. You guys ripped this this feud apart, and I like it. I I've always been a fan of like the old school versus the new school, and the the people who paved the way. You know, saying they're not being respected by the current stars, and I, this is again we've talked about it a lot tonight. Old school wrestling tropes at its finest. Sure, I think Trish is one of my favorite all time female wrestlers. Um, both in and out of the ring. So I am happy to see her back in any capacity. I'm a big fan of Becky Lynch, both in and out of the ring. And I am happy to see the two of them working together. And I think the program's been good so far. And I think Trish, I think this week was significantly better on the mic than the week before. I think she's just sort of getting back into the swing of it a little bit. It takes, when you don't do it for, or largely don't do it for, upwards of like 10 years it's very easy to go oh shit this is harder than i thought it was or i remember it being it takes a little while to get back into it even austin uh, said that what's that even steve austin said that right so i'm not gonna rip her apart for that um 
I thought she did a nice job. I love the story. I love the idea of where they both have a case. And it's you can logically rationalize being in favor of either side of this argument. So I, I'm I'm all for this program. I'm all for this feud. I'm, I think it's going to actually be a really good match in ring. Because um, in ring, I thought Trish looked great at WrestleMania. She was everything that Lita was not. Mm, um, and I think... And I wouldn't be shocked if Lita gets involved at Night of Champions, by the way. Um, but ultimately, I'm, I'm excited for this, and I think you guys weren't really being fair to him last week. Well, I will say this week was much better. But also, my favorite part of the entire thing was um, how many people went to the YouTubes and went to the Google and was like, Trish barking like a dog, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that Becky threw that out there. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> I think the next time I go to the eye doctors, I'm going to have to get new frames. I'm going to get one. Oh, those were awesome. They're like gold hands. <laughs> yeah, those were awesome. <laughs> we got a little bit of big time Bex back. Yes, and I like that. It should yeah. be a little bit of a mix. It shouldn't. Yeah. I don't want to go all the way back to the steampunk Becky. I right. want an evolution of the character like you always talk about. Right. Let's go all the way back to step down, <clears throat> Becky. Yes. Trish threw that interface this week. Um, yeah, yes, she did. I, Lord, Lord of the Dance, Becky Lynch. I thought, I thought the talking was great between the both of them. I thought the very end of it was a little bit, eh, when Trish was just like, "Oh yeah," and then pushed the table, and Becky was just like, "Nope," and then Trish just walked away. But well, you, but that was when Becky, Becky got set her. her off with the box yeah. like a dog. Right? Yeah, woof woof. And Trish <laughs> just flipped the table, and Becky was being becky totally in character like nope it was sort of like the old samoa joe as somebody's like yes. jumping off the ropes where he just walks away <laughs> yep i sort of dug it like no, i, I, dug, I, I loved when joe used to do I that just thought, so I, I just thought it was weird that that trist then just like left she's the heel she powdered yeah, yeah. she knew she knew <laughs> and she tried to throw the table on surprise and becky was just like nope so i liked it but <clears throat> um I'm trying to think what else happened. I liked the Seth Rollins interview. Lally broke it up. There were there were things he said in there, particularly my favorite line. I love Roman, but I hate Roman. That no, kind of said, thing. He said, I will always love Roman, but I don't like Roman. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and I love that. And perfect. I love that he explained it like it's like your brother where, you know, they do something shitty and you hate him for it, but they're still your brother and you're always going to have that bond and you always love him. Yeah. Um, I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was fantastic. I thought that did a great job of setting up a match we're not having this weekend, but you know, <laughs> I thought it was still good storytelling. Why aren't we having the match this weekend? Seth versus Roman? Oh, I thought you meant Seth versus AJ. Um, no. Okay, speaking of which, because that's easily forgotten, right? Because it, it did feel like we were setting up Seth versus Roman, but we are doing this because Seth is not here because he's filming. You could have put a nicer veil over that by having interview time for AJ on SmackDown. <laughs> have a sit down. You did. He was on the Grayson Waller effect. Yeah, no, I don't mean a fucking talk show. I meant like, like, like Corey did. With, like Michael Cole should have sat down with AJ Styles and talked about his career. That would have been nice. You know what I mean? Because then, it, then it looks not well, as obvious that oh, we're just doing this because Seth is filming. Well, no, Captain technically America. AJ is a SmackDown superstar. Maybe they do that this week. And they did Seth on Raw because... <laughs> well, they did. AJ got TV time last week. 
we can dislike the TV time he caught, but he did get it. Yeah, like we said, it wasn't serious. Like that doesn't feels feel, like a serious sit down interview. Yeah, it doesn't feel balanced. Right. But like I said, let's give them. Let's give them. They still got to go home. Let's see what they do with it. Sure. I mean, we know in ring what happens because they taped it. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, whatever promos or segments they put together, we don't know. I have successfully avoided spoilers for that for next week's SmackDown so far. So, no, oh, so tomorrow night. So I'll tell you what happens. Oh, thanks, Dick Bag. Anything else <laughs> from Raw or SmackDown? Uh, Zoe Stark looks good on the main roster. I All like the video package this week. Yep, she looks um, like a killer. I love yep. it, and I love the presentation of her as having an attitude and being cocky. And uh, Adam, last week you made fun of the jacket. I. That was something she wore at NXT before she left, because I remember when we commented, I, or I commented in the host thread, like, oh, yeah, you're not going to the main roster anytime With soon. The red red half, blue, blue jacket. Half, yeah. Right, yeah. So that's that. been that's been a thing for a while. But um, I love the, the... I wasn't necessarily making fun of it. I just happened to notice <laughs> that it exactly mirrored the colors of a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I, um, I loved how they're putting over the Z360. I love how they sort of tried to keep Candace strong by using Nikki as a, as a tool to make it sort of okay i can make an out for candace for losing the match um because i do think there are plans for the way um for when he is back um obviously tomaso champa if you haven't figured that one out yet um but you know i i think zoe is being presented as a star i'm curious to see how far that goes i personally would love to see a scenario where we see zoe at some point down the road when, when she's done what she's doing, um, step up to Becky Lynch and be sort of the young lion stepping up to the established star mm-hmm. in the division. And I think stuff like that is great for Becky because it allows her to stay away from Bianca and the title picture while it allows us to build somebody through her for Bianca and the title picture without Becky ever feeling stale because it's something new and exciting for her. I think that would be a fantastic program for her. But you got to be careful when it comes to Becky Lynch because you will have a Lacey Evans situation where it didn't really do enough to get Lacey over. Do you know what I mean? Like, they tried. No, 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 no. See, this is and, – and actually, I, 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 I felt pretty good this week because I actually saw uh, an interview with John Cena and he supported a lot of the things that I have said about the past few years. John Cena has done everything he could through use of his character to get other people over. Sure. Does that individual and the creative support keeping that person over once they're done working with John Cena? And Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans is sort of the same scenario. Did creative and Lacey do enough to keep Lacey as hot as she was during that feud? No. That's not Becky's fault. No, no, I don't think it's Becky's fault, but what I'm saying is that they tried with Lacey. But that's going to be the same with anybody. If you stop making somebody feel important, then they're not going to feel important to the crowd. That's the case with any performer up and down the roster. So You could tomorrow start building a program that makes Lacey Evans feel important again. Well, yes, you could. Please don't. <laughs> you could. You probably won't. Um, that's the thing. That's okay. So maybe I'm not articulating it perfectly. 
Um, Since you said that word wrong, I'm pretty sure you're not. Put her in a feud with Becky, but make she her... articulated like a pipe. I think he said articulating. Articulated. Um, put her in a feud with Becky, but show me she's an actual threat to Becky. Make it like maybe she wins a, a match against So you want Becky. 50-50 booking? I want her to look like no. Becky she should has beat no Becky. She should beat Becky. She won't. This is WWE. She should beat she Becky. She won't. It should be completely surprisingly decisive because it's not going to fucking hurt Becky. Right. It should and be Kevin Owens and John Cena, but it won't be Kevin Owens time. and John Cena. This has been a problem with this company for a long time. It the fifty fifty booking hurts. You can Becky Lynch can lose to anybody at this point, and it's not going to fucking hurt Becky Lynch. She's well, yeah, still going to be a megastar. So use use her status as a megastar to build somebody new. Don't have her big show and just lose to everybody. But you see uh, somebody who you think could be a next big talent, like a Zoe Stark. Yes, use Becky Lynch for that. But then when... don't do it every single time. Right. Use other people for that end. Use Bailey at times. Use you have a, a wealth of very talented, big name female performers who you can use, like Natalia. Great example. Natalia could lose. Natalia could do a program with Zoe Stark. And listen, we have our feelings on Natalia. I get the joke, but at the same time, she has a cachet with the audience. She really does. Um, Natalia and she does. A, yes, and she has a name value within the fan base of the company. She is more popular than you think, dude. There's a reason they keep her around. Sadly she is enough, more she probably over is, with the fans. Than sadly enough, she probably is more popular than Candice LeRae, which is weird, but it's true. she is over with the young female crowd. She really is. Well, I would wouldn't go that far, but I don't. I don't think you'd I, be wrong. Look in 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 Toronto or in Montreal, sure, but as far as Everywhere. like. Everywhere. You really think Natalia gets that kind of reaction? Because I don't I've see seen it. it. I've seen it. I've seen. I've seen her arrive at arenas, <sighs> and I've seen all the little girls at the rope line freaking out to get her autograph. Ew. Well, whatever. What can you do? <laughs> the next thing you're gonna tell me is all the little kids that run up to Dolph Ziggler and try to get his autograph over like Seth and AJ Styles. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of Dolph Ziggler, didn't he have a feud with somebody? Oh, J.D. McDonough. But we did, did, they didn't do anything with that this week, did they? No. Okay. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. It goes to J.D. Al- joining Judgment Day. It's almost like everybody doesn't have to be on TV every week. Shocker. Anyway. <laughs> so as we, as we move towards our predictions... Uh, this weekend, including the big NXT uh, event this weekend, uh, we uh, seemed fairly certain last week that it was going to be Cora versus um, Roxanne in the yeah, finals. Yeah, all done fucked up on that one. And uh, neither of those things. Because it's Tiffy time, baby. <laughs> Which is funny, because that's the one that we said wouldn't happen. <laughs> you said. Because they just did it. Had I been on, did they not just do Tiffy and, and, and Lyra on a match in NXT a few weeks ago? Probably. I don't remember. Well, <laughs> that tells you something. It wasn't memorable. Well, no, it doesn't because 
by virtue of beating Cora Jade, Lyra now feels like a bigger deal than she did a couple weeks ago. I don't like that she beat Cora Jade. I don't have a problem with it because of the way it went down. Yeah. My it was issue- sort of a fluke thing, and the post-match set up Cora as a, as a heel. Oh, no, I did like the post-match. Oh, which and is it, the other thing. Are and they- it gives Lyra the out, and it gives a program to continue after the pay-per-view. So you think Cora cost Lyra the title? Yeah. Okay. I'm down for that. Because... Baby faces should chase? No. (laughs) Because it's it's Tiffy time, time, baby. (laughs) It's Tiffy time, baby. Props, props, big time props to Vic Joseph. Something I don't say very often. But during the match this week, he said, as she went for her, the first time she went for her moonsault finisher, he said, she's at the Tiffy top. Fantastic. (laughs) Loved it. But... While we're on the topic of Vic Joseph, what the fuck was he wearing this week? Oh, he's always like that. But this outfit in particular was fucking ugly. You know, there's been a few episodes of NXT, especially back was, in the NXT rundown I, days, I, where I remember. I he swear, to do he that. Went, I yeah. swear to God, he went into he went into wardrobe and said, "What if I base my outfit this week off the colors of my no. smoking my okay, so, my nicotine addicted grandmother's yeah. living room for the 1970s?" So this is going to make so much more sense to you when I tell you this. Um, Mackenzie dresses him. Yep, there it is. He's said it before. Yep. <laughs> and yes. some of the outfits she wears to the PLEs. <laughs> Do you remember like, like that, that time was... she was wearing a wedding dress? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then there was like a fairy godmother outfit at one point, I think. That's the thing that like, happened too. Yeah. So Mac- yeah. so Mackenzie said, How about burgundy and gold? Yep. Probably. <sighs> but I will say this about NXT as I compliment Vince jo- Vic Joseph. Um Remember when you were in high school and like the cutest girls used to always be friends with like the big heavy girls and used to have the joke like they just hang out together so the, the skinny one looks better because mm. by comparison. How great does Vic Joseph look these days sitting next to Booker <laughs> T? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. Vic See, Joseph's commentary has jumped huge in my opinion. And I don't think it's in any small part due to the fact that the guy next to him is a ranting it's fucking so lunatic. Bad. Dude, <laughs> it's interesting that that's your take on it, because I was actually thinking, man, I feel sorry for Vic Joseph having to put up with fucking Booker T's ramblings every week. I think week. it has benefited <laughs> Vic Joseph. Ultimately, really sure, but there are times where I think Vic wants to choke him, and he's like... I'm sure he does, but at the end of the day, his status has been improved as a result of it. There's nothing better than when Vic tries to correct Booker T. And he's like, what you talk about? That's what I said. That's what I- Checks and championships, Vic. Checks and championships. There was literally a segment this week where Booker T said something and, and Vic was like, that's exactly what you didn't say last week this is not oh or this isn't even the right person you're talking about oh and booker for his part just went ah <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are we doing on this show anymore oh my god oh god um shit yeah uh of course had lyra had the uh, that noise that would go on the list right uh of course lyra had that little 
I don't want to say botched, but unfortunate. Sort of the same thing that happened to Carmelo Hayes on the springboard at the uh, the last PLE. Um, but other than that, I thought the match was good. The the ending surprised anybody else. It sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I I don't know when they. I don't have. know if that was a botch. If somebody got hurt. If Cora forgot to kick out, but that didn't feel like it should have been the end of that. No, match. I don't think Cora forgot to kick out. It, that, I think they needed. They obviously had some place to go after the match. So was it a time thing where it's like, oh shit, we, we need to do that I thing? Think after so was the, the opening match. match. They would have adjusted other stuff on the show. And I mean, they could have easily dropped the Reggie segment, and nobody would have fucking cared. <laughs> it, it seemed like to me because I was surprised the way Cora got pinned because I thought it made it look like it made it look made her Which, look like a jobber because it was clean, yeah, it was as clean as a was, fucking whistle, and it was just out a of nowhere too. Kick. It was just yeah. So um, when she attacked her after the match, I was like, oh okay, yeah. Right. She's pissed off about losing like that. And it sets up Tiff- Tiffany to win with Lyra having it out. Yep. Um, that was the thing at one point. That, that was my, my other Vic Joseph thing. WWE continues to put their fucking announcers in a position to look like absolute fucking morons. Because at one point they were talking about the scripts thing and it was revealed as Reggie. And Brooke, he's like, we all fucking know that. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't know that. Come on, dude! I mean, we talked about it when it happened that that Reggie got unmasked, and they didn't fucking show him at all. So they have to kind of retcon that with this video package. But then they they show the clip of it, and and Vic goes, "It was Reggie." Yeah, we fucking know. (laughs) More so than that, when he was, whenever he was out there, there was a loud Reggie chant, like. Um, no, stop hey, making your announcers sound like morons. Then that, they then have to have some credibility <laughs> in order to be effective. Um, it, that that idea works if Booker plays the one who pretends he didn't know. Right. What you talking <laughs> about? I know that was Reggie. The smart <laughs> one in the in, like the conversation. He shouldn't come across as the idiot. Right. He, um, like like Booker <laughs> should be the Bobby the Brain Heenan pretending that was legit. Right. To Vic's Gorilla Monsoon. While you stop with that, yeah, because then it's hilarious. But right. instead, Vic just looks like a moron. Right, exactly. Um, but and that's my last Vic Joseph point. For I, I will say, I mean, like, like well, I had said, to do that. We had to do that Reggie package because Reggie had to come back heroically and save Axiom from. Okay, <laughs> did you? But did, <laughs> but did you like how they retconned the replay in with with the other camera angle where you could see Reggie's face? Huh? Huh? <laughs> also, stop. are they gonna make Reggie and Axiom a tag team? Just stop. Are they gonna be Raxium? Stop trying to make <laughs> Reggie a thing. Oh, he's thing. more of a thing now than he was as as fucking scripts. Now he's really a thing. He's got gear again. He's got his fucking name back. Oh, it's so I hate. Uh, They're really gonna I'm make so them a tag team. It. I promise you. Reggie and Axiom. Raxium. <laughs> That's not how mashups work, Sal. Okay. You give me. You just took the first letter of one person's name and it's in front of the entire if, name of the dude, other if person. He, Benifer, if, he kept, all right? if he kept if he'd kept the mask off, it could have been Scraxium. <laughs> that would have been better. You get that Benifer is not the same thing, right? It's Benjamin and Jennifer. Right. So it's an actual mashup. That is a mashup. 
Plus, your example contains Axiom's entire name. Which is what I said. Thank you for okay, clarifying you what I already it. said. Go ahead. You mash it up. Reggie and Axiom. I don't want to mash it up. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> Just have them fuck and get this shit over with. <laughs> Talk about mashing. It did give us a chance to watch Don Bikato wrestle again, so there was that. Oof. It wasn't bad. I mean, you could play the big man good. Uh, we did get the uh, we did get the continuation of the Tony D'Angelo is arrested story, to which Troy, I believe, in the host thread said the same thing I was thinking, which was essentially there's only one other fucking person in the family. <laughs> Who do we think is is ratting him out? The that, guy who, oh, by the way, keeps fucking checking his phone. Like that, that second cop, though. Oh, God. Not such a bad actor. Oh, my God. Oh, There's the, something that I think you would like, you need to come see. Have you, you guys have seen Happy Gilmore, right? Yeah. Not in a long time, but yeah. Right. Okay. Do you remember? I, I think I want to say it's like a heavy set African American gentleman. There's one point at the end when they're like, they're on the final PGA tour matchup or whatever, and it's like this, they cut away to this shot of the crowd, and there's this heavy set black guy who goes, "You got it, happy shooter's never gonna win that gold jacket." <laughs> and it's like you could tell it was like completely somebody somebody's friend who they were just like. Uh, oh, I made the, I this made would the be reference. funny. I've made the reference before on this show. It's Orlando Jones in in, uh, in Office Space. Mm-hmm. Hello, I, I I used no, to be on crack because I think that was intentional. I think the right. other one fair. wasn't. I that's think they fair. put somebody's friend on t- camera and he did that, <laughs> and they went, "Oh, that shit's fucking hilarious." <laughs> he thinks that's good. Okay, let's put it in the movie. Oh my god. Um. Why? Well. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, because as you mentioned, I nitpick weird stuff on wrestling. Why do we have access to what goes on to, in the interrogation room with Tony Tiendo? Because reasons. There. Buffalo Wild Wings. Right, Adam? Mm-hmm. Wrestling. Pro wrestling. Um, uh, oh No, well, Dijak got jumped by Dragunov this week. And he almost crushed him with the with the garage door, but but then the officials came out. They chose that moment. Whatever. I'm fine. I'm looking forward to that match. No, no, that should be good. That should be good. Um, <laughs> I've said on this, this show before that sometimes the presentation of wrestlers can be enhanced when they're not looking like wrestlers, when they're sort of out of gimmick and in their street clothes. I think the example I always use is Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair looks like a giant star when she comes to the ring in her street clothes. Um, I thought for the first time that uh, Wesley looked that way in his street clothes. He looked like a much bigger fucking deal in his segment with Tyler Bate this week. Right, because yeah, that's true. That's a good point. He wasn't wearing his normal wrestling gear. He was like, he looked like a fucking star. He had a star quality to him this week that I haven't noticed before. Sure. Tyler Bate must not have been doing his uh, meditations recently because he was awful grumpy. Uh, that I mean, that is sort of ham-handed, that, trying to create that drama between the two of them. But I get where they're going with it, but it is what it is. It, uh, it wasn't my favorite part of it. But the match should be fantastic. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I have, 
it's going to be a triple there with him and Gacy, though, right? Yeah. Oh. It's weird that Gacy calls his finisher, like, welcome to the upside down or something like that. Well, he does the handstand beforehand, so it makes sense. I know, but it feels like the it feels like there's a copyright infringement there. Uh, <laughs> Adam, anything else from NXT? Uh, I have two small notes, small. Uh, just brief, just brief little one-offs. Uh, uh, tank, tanks gear, is giving heavy roadblock vibes. Yeah. Uh, the 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 WCW wrestler or the PLE. I, I was thinking heavy machinery, the WCW but... wrestler. Yeah, and heavy machinery is a good a good uh, comparison as well. Uh, my other my other just quick note is uh, Luca the lawyer. Yeah, I I love I love that his theme song is just the old school Judge Wapner People's Court. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so good. It it I pop for that. Um. What did you guys think of the GG Dolan JC Jane segment? Uh, I mean, it was a bit awkward, but I like the reference to this is where we used to hang out in the lounge. And yep. right. I like that. Um, I thought it was one of the better segments they've done together. I thought it was one of the first times that GG felt real in a strange way. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a credibility to her when she talked this week that I don't remember seeing before. Uh, I thought JC played shit heel fantastically in this. I thought they both did their part really well. I have no interest in seeing the match because these two have no fucking chemistry in the ring together. Um, I've watched both of them against other people and they're significantly better against other people than they are against each other. So I think it's just a bad match between the two of them or they're just holding back as to not hurt each other. I have no idea. And given JC kicking her head into the door, maybe <clears throat> she's a little hesitant to, you know, damage GG again because they are friends. I don't know, um, but they just haven't clicked in the ring for me. Maybe this this final match will be where they do it in the steel cage, the weaponized steel cage. Um, but I definitely thought it was probably my favorite interaction between the two of them so far. It was better than it has been. Um, maybe. Maybe the objects and the the weaponry is what what they need. Maybe because then they can kind of not have to f- really focus on like holds and yeah. And I, and I, to be fair, I don't like I don't think that the presentation has helped them either by squeezing them into a couple minute matches on the TV show rather than giving them a PLE match. Oh yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So. Um, it's never felt like a big deal when this when no. these two fought, and based on how they broke up, it should have been. It absolutely right, should exactly. Have. So, we'll but then I think you had those injuries where Gigi was out because of what happened for a while, and then she came back, and JC was out for a little while, right, and it's, right. no, yeah, it's sort I, of everything got fucked up, yeah, derailed. But uh, I wish them the best. <laughs> yeah. Now we did uh, we did dance around the main event, but I do want to give props because I thought that Tiffany Stratton and um, Roxanne had a fantastic match. I really did enjoy it. I thought the work was good. I thought both characters uh, were strong in this match. I thought they played off each other well. I thought you really had the... and th- This was one of those real old-school sort of heel versus face, like the heel, egotistical, stuck-up Tiffany Stratton versus the down-to-earth girl-next-door Roxanne Perez and 
you know, I thought it had all the old elements, and I thought they worked a really, really good match. Uh, and I thought the finish was good, and I, I, I love where we're at. And it is Tiffy time, baby. Put I, that I, fucking belt on her and I, nothing else. I was a little bit surprised in a good way because I was like, yeah, you know, this, this is a main event. This feels like a main event. Like, there's yeah. stakes attached to it, and... Both girls are working that fucking. I'm sorry, ass. states attached to it. Which <laughs> no, ones? no, I said states. I said states. Um, <laughs> it's hard to tell. <laughs> both girls, both girls are fucking working their ass off, and Tiffany looks no, like a Tiffany million. Tiffany had bucks. plenty of ass at the yes. end. I don't know. She looked like a million bucks, but but Roxanne. I immediately, uh, I immediately thought of you, Jason, when the referee went to raise Tiffany's hand at the end of the show, and she was like, "Hang on, Nick." Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that was fun. Oh, By the way, speaking... uh, Tiffany Stratton is a great follow on Twitter. Just check out her Twitter timeline. That's all. Interesting. Is it Tiffy yeah. time on her timeline? It is always Tiffy time. Um, it's a Tiffy time timeline. How fucking cool was it to see that package for Carmelo Hayes and see oh him my at, God. at fucking 985 the Sports Hub? And, yeah, and, I, oh, my God. Celtics game. And, yeah. I tweeted about it earlier when I was watching the episode. I got fucking goosebumps just watching it. It was so fucking great. Fucking amazing. Talking about Kowloon and signing yep, yeah. the photo for the wall at Kowloon, and, Which, and they showed all the other superstars uh, who have signed, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. So good. So good. Um, the only thing watching throughout the show, uh, from the opening contest to the main event, uh, including the Carmelo Hayes segment and everything in between. I know I said I was done with Vic Joseph, but I'm going to mention this him. Do you remember, and, and I know, I don't know how much you guys watched, but I think everybody watched to a certain degree at some point throughout the run of the show. When American Idol was on, and they used to do all the tryout episodes where they had all the awful people, and that was really the only fun was, part of the show to those watch. Those are the only ones I watched. Right. right. But they used to make a big deal out of, you're going to Hollywood. Yeah. And this episode was like, and he's going to Lowell, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> In there, it's really not as big a deal no, as I, you're making it sound like. I mean, Those of us who live here, are like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> of all the places you could go, that you're picking true. a roll. That is true. There was a uh, few times where they were like, and this Sunday in Lowell, and I was like, Ugh. yeah, it doesn't have the kick By that the way, you think it does. Of that, speaking of that, I love the fact that part of that package was was video of the the last NXT event in Lowell. Where 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 Samoa Joe won the title? Yes. So they're like, you never know, things happen in law. <laughs> like, well, it's true because he fought Finn. Didn't he fight Finn like three yeah. PLEs straight and didn't win the title? And Did then you say it was straight. Straight. Okay. It's straight, but whatever. Um, stick. <laughs> um, yeah. I biggest bummer of this week was. Uh, I had an opportunity to go hang out at the at the Lowell show this weekend, but I'm not going to be in town, so unfortunate. But it should be a great show. Uh, I'm uh, but the budget the budget doesn't call for it, unfortunately. Yeah, no. dude, that would have been awesome. Yeah, it was. I would have been a good time. I was but looking forward to it. But. Obviously, you know, there's other stuff going on this week. Yeah, family first, about. of course, of course. Just well, maybe, maybe. I would have come uh, back with some awesome stories, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Where are they going to be? Where are they recording the next? Oh, they're back at uh, Full Sail, aren't they? On no, the performance. The, the, 
or for the CWC. Yeah, whatever the fuck. Yeah, God, they haven't called it that in forever. <laughs> Which oh, I know that you mentioned like the fans. Um, you know, Troy will always rail on them for for trying to take over NXT TV. But this week, uh, fuck, who was it? Oh, when Cora jumped um, post match, um, and she and she jumped uh, Lyra. Uh, are you making reference to when they're piping in the loud course of booze while the fan is so chanting one, one more, more time, time. One, one more time? time. Yes, yes. This I is am. why you don't pump it. You don't. I, we've I've said this on the show before. Don't ever assume the crowd's reactions. Mm-hmm. Right. Because now you look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. All right. Shall we predict? Let's do it. I guess so. Uh, we got three whole events to predict. So if you go to rundownwrestling.com and scroll down below this uh, episode's post, we'll start to, and go in order as they are on the website. So we start with Double or Nothing. Uh, I like Troy's little note here of 17 more matches expected to be announced before Sunday. No. You mean he's not wrong? Uh, we don't have any Ring of Honor titles defended on this show yet, so... Yet. <laughs> so we start... <laughs> right, we start right <laughs> off the bat uh, with an unsanctioned match. Adam Cole, Bebe versus Chris Jericho, cunt, cunt. <laughs> uh, which, in my head, in my head, I want to, I want to say that to the uh, the Law and Order sound. Cunt, cunt. Uh, Chris Jericho, cunt, cunt. Uh, <laughs> oh, but you got to say it in the Adam Cole cadence. Chris uh, Jericho, cunt, cunt. So, um, is this is this the first? Yep. AEW pay-per-view that I haven't watched any of the build for? Uh, it might be. Yes, also. Um, so you so should I, pick first for all of them, because it's yeah, more interesting. And then Sal can just copy me. Um, oh, Sal copies me. Then uh, uh, given, oh, I said the next time we predict, I would be more than happy to <laughs> first. Uh, so given who's in this match, I'm picking Chris Jericho. Okay. Dalvin? Uh, no, I'm going to go with Adam Cole, baby! Yeah, it's Adam Cole, because after this, I think he's going against MJF. Yep. A six-man tag team match. I believe Trademark. that's called a trios match, Troy. Uh, if Hardy Party wins, they own Ethan Page. This is on the fucking PLE? Ugh. It's, it's oh, actually a pay-per-view. I was going to say, this is actually a PPV. Oh, this is actually a pay-per-view. That's right. <laughs> uh, Ethan Page. Sounds like the, this should have started to sound like stuff you don't want to hear from your doctor. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. You've got a nasty case of uh, PPV. Uh, you know, with, with a little bit of medicine, we could maybe downgrade that to a PLE at some point. But, uh, you know, I would avoid. What did we say last week sounded like a disease? I don't remember. Um uh, Ethan Page and former tag team champions The Guns versus the Hardy Cocaine Party, Isaiah Cassidy, Jeff, and Matt. Uh, what what the fuck happened to Mark Quinn? He's, He's injured. Hurt. Did he die? Yeah. But, but, but what you have missed is now Isaiah Cassidy is Brother Zay, and he makes just random orgasmic noises. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the thing Like, now. so he's Prince? So, no, he's just coming all the time. You mentioned that you do a watch stirring. Rampage. 
during the <laughs> Hardy compound match. There it is. He he did that, and then Matt Hardy said, "Brother Zay, I knew you'd come." Wow! Thing that happened. There's a reason I don't watch this shit anymore. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yes, I mean, there's never been dumb shit on WWE before. Again, (laughs) AEW always seems to find somehow a way to go even lower. Oh, really? Because we didn't have a Bayou match between fucking... First of all... Oh, 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 oh! First of all, (laughs) I was against this fucking... uh... Now I wish we were on Twitch because I want somebody (laughs) to clip that. Holy shit. (laughs) That was great. Nobody listening at home will ever see the face of the thing that Jason just did. It was fucking hilarious. Oh god. Uh, while you two are arguing, I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Hardys, I guess. Yeah, mine as well. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff Hardy needs a win. Clean sweep. <laughs> AEW TBS Championship. Jade Cargill defending against Taya Valkyrie. Um, I guess it's still undefeated Jade. For me. I'm gonna go with Taya. They need to get. They need to do something with this belt. They haven't done anything with it in like a year. Um, and Ty is, Ty is great. I've always enjoyed Ty of Valkyrie. So let's go Ty. So has John Morrison. Um, Fair. <laughs> I also am going with Ty for a different reason because I think the reason you redo this match or have a rematch of this match is if you're going to have a different outcome than you did the first time. Um, secondly, they rushed through on Rampage like three different opponents to get Jade to like 59 and 0 or 60 and 0 or whatever. And I feel like the only reason you do that is for this match to be the one where she finally loses on that round number. So, so Taya can be the one, <clears throat> right? 60 and one. She should have gone to 69 at least. <laughs> but in any event, nice. uh, but in any event, uh, yeah, I'm going to tie. The Anarchy in the Empty Arena match. Uh, the, the Black Poo Wombat Club, <laughs> consisting consisting of Brian Bryanson, John Moxley, Claudio Castanets, and Wheeler Uterus, taking on the elite of Kenny Osmegma, Matt, and Nick Jackass, and Wangman Adam Page. Uh, given the fact that you guys talked about how they just reformed, I'm going to go with the elite on this one. So. Captain Hangman and his crew. They win. Yar. <laughs> his company loves pirates, man. They should have a pirate battle royal. Or they could have an eye patch on a pole, man. Okay. I am going to go with the Butt Plug Combat Club. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think this is the spot where we find out who Don Callis is working for. And I think it's probably going to end up being Will Ospreay. Whose side um, is he on? Who's going to attack Omega and set him up so Moxley gets the pin. So I'm going butt plug combat club. That would certainly be interesting. Okay. The AEW Women's World Championship, Jamie Hayter defending against Tony Storm. Uh, I've got nothing on this one, so I'm going to pick Tony. Because why not? So, Is it true that Jamie Hayter is hurt, Jason? No, it's a work. It's a work. Okay. Then if it's a work, I'm going Jamie Hayter. 
if there was any legitimacy to it, I would have went with the belt swap. But no, it's Jamie here. As much as I hate the whole outcasts thing, I think they continue to want it to be a thing. And I think for that reason, I think they put the title back on Tony Storm. Maybe. All right. And not and, but next. A 21 man jackass battle royal for the AEW International Championship. Uh, and give us a list of anybody? Nope. Orange Cassidy defending against everybody. Uh, oh, there's a little note here. Uh, if you hover over the question mark there. Orange Cassidy is current champion. Aaron Solo, Powerhouse Hobbs, QT Marshall, and 17 other idiots are announced. Uh, I don't know if I can find that list of idiots or not. Uh, not that it matters, because I'm still going to vote for Orange Cassidy. I was going to say, but, as of uh, last week, they had not. They just said a bunch of people, like 20 of them, wanted to fight Cassidy for his title. Um, although, I did chuckle. Why is it Why is it called the Blackjack Battle Royal this time and not the... Because it's 21. Joker's Wild or whatever it was. Because it's 21 people. It's um, 21 people. That's why it's been a Joker. Whatever the fuck. Uh, cause uh, Cass- casino Battle casino, Royale. Casino, thank you. Casino. The Joker. Because Cassidy last week in his backstage interview with Renee was like, well, there's 20 people. All right, then add me and we'll, we'll hey, it's, it's Vegas. We'll do 21. So, uh, whatever. Um, I'll I did laugh when Cassidy asked Renee if she wanted a shot at the belt. I thought that was funny. <laughs> wait, wait, Renee, do you want a shot? And she's like, I'm good, pal. Nah, John gave me one an hour ago. <laughs> hey It's a cum joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just still trying to find. There it is. Uh, Are you picking someone's salary? Pockets. Pockets. Adam, you went with Pockets as well? I also went with Pockets, yeah. All right, I'm going to go with Powerhouse Hobbs because he was on the Collision poster, and I think that's going to be the secondary title on the Collision brand when they do the brand split. So I'm going to say he takes that title and goes over to Collision. Uh, Yeah, all I can find is just that it's those... And again, we've been telling the story of Orange Cassidy getting less and less. He's got to lose it at some point soon, so this makes sense. Because you can protect the loss here with it being a battle royal. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladder match for the AEW TNT Championship. Wardlow, sorry. Wardlow defending against Christian Cage. Uh, <sighs> uh, I'm going to I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pick Christian Cage because that's the worst choice. So, so I've actually enjoyed this this feud. I thought Christian's been putting in really good work on the mic, and you know Christian always puts in good work yeah. on the mic, though. But but that's something that Wardlow has has been missing is um somebody that. I actually hate who he's fighting, like, character-wise. Like, I didn't hate Hobbs. Actually, like, Hobbs probably better than Wardlow. Um, Christian plays a good good enough heel that it's making Wardlow more popular again. And for that reason, I'm going to go with Wardlow Retains. 
I'm going to go with Wardlow retains because Arn Anderson shoots Christian Cage. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. At least it's they a found, come joke. At least they found something for Arn to do. Uh, AEW Jacksonville Tag Team Championship with Mark Briscoe as special guest referee. FTR. AEW uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> FTR, I believe, defending. He didn't put the you didn't put the C on this one, but I believe FDR are defending against Jeff. Oh, Jay, they are Jay they Lethal. are C's. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cunt, cunt. Uh, <laughs> Probably more apropos here. Uh, for the same reason that I picked Christian Cage, just just because it's the fucking worse uh, option out of the two, I'm going to pick Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to stick with FTR retaining. Jeff Jarrett don't win belts at this age. Jay Lethal, they haven't given Jay Lethal a goddamn thing in this company. So earlier I said the only reason to have Ty Valkyrie get another shot at the title was if she was actually going to win it. Yeah. Do you want to know what number Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are? Right. As far as title shots go. Why do another one of these matches unless you're actually going to do it? Now, if I had not seen tonight's Dynamite, I would have absolutely picked Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. But you did. See However, having seen this night's this weekend segment of when the special enforcer Mark Briscoe at ringside, a special referee for the match, uh, doesn't believe the apologies of FTR and smacks them, I believe that's a setup, and he will eventually show that he is aligned with FTR and turn on Jarrett and Lethal. Yep. That makes so sense. I'm going FTR. Okay, four pillows match for the AEW <laughs> World Championship. Is that because it's going to be a fucking snooze fest? (laughs) Possible. MJF defending against Sammy Guevara, Jungle Ass, Jack Perry, and Darby Allen. Uh, Does that mean he has a jungle ass and a bad attitude? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We know how Jason's been feeling about this build. (laughs) I'm picking MJF. Yeah, Everyone is MJF. Yeah. There's not a single other person in this match that you can envision as world champion. That's why this is a horrible main event for a pay-per-view. This is built entirely for the AEW fanboys who jizz themselves over this four pillars bullshit when not one of these fucking people has been presented as main event AEW championship caliber except MJF. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. There is no other option here. You should have just made MJF the only selection because ain't nobody else winning this fucking match. The weird part is, of the other three, the only one that you could believably see a one-on-one program with MJF would be Darby because Darby's gotten some big matches in the past. Darby was the first one to fight Punk when Punk came back. Darby, for some reason, has that cult following. Um, he can't cut a promo to save his life. Neither can Jack, though. But if I had to pick one guy who could have a program at MJF after this match, Wait, it would be Darby. Did we just go on a 20-minute rant of you giving reasons why a guy you didn't pick is going to win the match? Yes. <laughs> I just want to make sure I wasn't fucking high or something. No, I'm just saying he because you said I think none of them are main event. Darby Allen at this point. No, I'm picking MJF, but I'm just saying that you said fuck. none of them were main event caliber, and I said Darby is the closest one. 
Stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Would you stop? <laughs> All right. That's it for uh, Double or Nothing. Just that. Then shut the fuck up. Just for <laughs> um, Hit the submit button on um, that one. And then when it pops, uh, when it, when it scrolls everything up because it submits the form, scroll when back up to the top of your up. NXT Battleground predictions. <laughs> God damn it, Jason. Not everything's a cum joke. Uh, put your name in the top of this one like you put your name in the top of the last one. And we start with the NXT Tag Team Championship. Gallus Boys are tops. Mark Cappuccino and Wolf Gangbang. <laughs> defending against the Creed Brothers. I don't know why Wolf Gangbang popped me so much, but it it's, did. It's good every time. Uh, I'm going to stick with Gallus on this one. I don't think the Creeds are taking the, the NXT Tag Title South. Gallus Boys on top. Jason? <laughs> Yes, because Stax offered to help the Creeds, and they turned him down, so he's going to cost them the match now. A last dude standing match. Ilya Dragunov versus Dijak. Like the dude? (laughs) (laughs) If you're not into that whole brevity thing. Um as much as I want to pick Dijak, I have I have made that mistake in the past because he never seems to win these uh, these these big important PLA matches. So I'm picking Ilya Dragunov. Yeah, Drag. Well, Dragunov should win anyway. He's the newer face to NXT, um, and this is his first big feud. Over here, so yeah, dragging off. I'm picking with my heart on this one. I'm going Dijak um, for a couple reasons. One, I think you mentioned Adam; he's lost so much. I think if he loses this one, I don't even know what the fucking the point of having him on the roster is. Um, and I think Dragonov can lose this match, and it doesn't affect him at all. So, okay. North American Championship, Wes Lee defending against Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy in a triple threat match. I don't I don't see them taking it off of Wes Lee at this point. So hear me out. I think Gacy has done a good enough job of fucking with Wesley's head and causing this rift between him and Tyler Bate that I think he sneaks out a way to, to win the title. And you have Joe Gacy as your new North American champion. Fuck, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think he creates the divide between uh, Bate and Lee, forces them to fight each other. They get preoccupied with fighting each other, and he sneaks in and and steals the win. Okay. And credit to Gacy. His new look when he's out there um, with the the fucking giant aviator sunglasses (laughs) that make him look even creepier, well done. Mm-hmm. <sighs> How oh, come this didn't get any goofy fucking name treatment? <laughs> yeah, we could have called it Adam's favorite match. Because <laughs> people already don't know what the fuck it I is. I don't know. I have no clue what this is. 
And I will say this. Did did talking to the cup work in NXT UK? Is that just like United Kingdom humor that I don't understand? Is that what that is? No, that's no Mdar humor that no one understands. Except Alicia Fox. (laughs) I did like that that got brought up a few weeks ago. Uh, A British rounds match for the NXT Heritage Cup. Thankfully this week. So in order for me to make my decision more appropriately, can you explain to me what a British rounds match is, Adam? Well, if you had not interrupted me, I was going to say, thankfully this week, they explained to us the rules. I didn't listen to that shit. Uh, I don't even know if I remember the fucking rules to a British rounds match at this point. It's six, six rounds, and then you have to get three falls, and... Who cares? And the rounds are only like two minutes, so it goes by, but somehow it's still the slowest fucking match you'll ever see in your goddamn I like Elizabeth Hurley's British rounds. <laughs> <laughs> no Mdar. Even at like 50. No Mdar oh, keeps yeah. the stupid cup. Um, yeah, sure, because it fits his character. I, I have no... I've heard you talk I... about the British rounds matches on, on Spot of NXT, and I still don't understand them. Um, and they just sound really convoluted and stupid. So I'm going to go Dragon Lee because I don't think you want him to lose again. Um, also because I think the more compelling storyline is Noam Dar freaking the fuck out after he loses this cup that he talks to. So Possibly. I'm going to go Dragon Lee. Okay. Either way, I'll be in the bathroom. NXT Women's <laughs> Championship. Tournament finals, Tiffany Stratton versus Lyra Valkyria. I think we've discussed this enough previously that we can all say... You know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. You know what it is. Nobody is going to pick Lyra for this match. It's it's fucking Tiffy time, baby. Not Jason, not Adam. Are we in agreement on that? Nobody's picking Lyra. It's Tiffy time. Yeah, exactly. By the way... By the way, now that she regularly yells that on the way to the ring, remember when I pointed it out the first time and y'all told me I was hearing shit? No, I just didn't hear. I, I didn't notice it. So you picked <laughs> up on it. I pick up on a lot of things. Very well. Hey, I gave you your credit a couple weeks ago. You weren't even here. I said, why are we listening to all these stupid ass, lying motherfucking dirt sheet writers? When we got a veteran in the wrestling business who never gives us wrong information. And then your main event, NXT Championship, hometown boy Carmelo Hayes defending against Braun Breaker. I think we're all going to agree on this one, too. It be- fucking better be. <laughs> 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 all right, let's be honest here. In Lowell, I'll be so fucking mad. And I understand that okay. would be good heat, but no. On a selfish right. level, I want him to fucking retain. They have gone to such great lengths to do the whole hometown thing that it makes me nervous. I know. Also, Braun has been so great with this heel character, that makes me nervous. The fact that they could very easily pull the trigger on Trick Williams turning on Mello and costing him the title makes me very nervous. But I'm going with Carmelo, but none of what I just said would shock me. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. that I agree with you. <laughs> but you know what? Be the tagline of the it's show. extremely compelling now. Like, now you have to, like, 
even if you didn't know Carmelo from like you know the Indies, like this is must see television. This is such, and they've done a great job of 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 making you the viewer guess like what's going to happen when these two fight again. Um, especially with Braun on his whole, you know, I hate the NXT title thing, but you can also see him being like, I hate it, so I'm going to take it away from everybody. I'm taking it to Raw. Imagine. It's a dumb joke. (laughs) I just like how how one of Sal's catchphrases over the last few months has become must-see television. Uh, Hit the submit button on that one. Did you say lay Miz or blame Miz? I blame Miz. There we go. Uh, hit submit button on that one, and that one actually sent when it when it's submitted and the thing disappeared. It put me perfectly at the top of the uh, Night of Champions predictions. So, put your name in Night of Champions like you've done twice previously so far, and we start. You mean Night of Some Champions? No, I mean Night they're all there. <laughs> we start with. Are the, they as a women's tag team champions there? We don't have women's tag team champions right now. Uh, but we're going to crown vacant. new ones. It seemed it would seem like those would be the perfect place to crown new champions, wouldn't it? What's the women's tag titles? <laughs> oh, we do. Okay, uh, <laughs> we, we start with crowning a brand new WWE World Heavyweight Champion as Seth Fuckboy Rollins takes on AJ Styles at the in the finals of a, this weird little tournament. Uh, I think we've discussed at length how. Uh, how, how it's going to be Seth. I think I've said that from the beginning, I believe. If you, you did. You listened over did. the past few weeks. Because sometimes I know things, okay? Seth is the most logical choice if you're going to have a brand new world champion. And I I think it's going to be Seth. I, lo- I Now, I would love if these two tore the fucking house down match of the year style. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. I feel like they fought before. They made it sound like they haven't fought since they they were on the Indies 15 years ago, but didn't they fight for the the U.S. title at some point? Probably. I, uh... This is a rare spot for me. I think it's going to be AJ Styles. Okay. But I'm going to pick Seth Rollins. Because Detroit strategy, I like to win. And if it's <laughs> Seth, you all get a point over me. If I agree with you, then I don't lose anything. So I'm going Seth. That's fair. Interesting. Singles match, Cody Rhodes <sighs> versus Brock Lesnar. Now with two rubber chickens. It's uh, a must-see come joke. <laughs> We also discussed this earlier and how we think it's going to be a three-match series, and so this one is Brock's to win. Anybody not picking Brock? No. Okay. I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to be different and go for the points? No, no. <laughs> no, that's where Troy gets himself in trouble. He picks Fair. against the obvious choice. Fair. Uh, undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship: Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending against Roman Reigns and Solo Sequoia. Um, this one's a little difficult for me. Yeah, because I can really see is. arguments where it could go, where it could go, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I'm gonna throw out a scenario. 
Okay, please. Uh, but first, I, I do want to question, are the Usos going to be in Saudi Arabia? Are they allowed to be in Saudi Arabia? I don't know what the DUI laws are over there. There aren't any. Okay. Assuming that they are legally allowed to be there, I say that they inadvertently cost Roman and Solo the match. Okay. So you say that. Mm-hmm. Which one of those guys takes a pin? Solo. And he's going to be pissed off come Friday after after uh, Night of Champions. Come Friday? Is that a come job? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, who you got? Uh, It's uh, it's so difficult because much like much like we were taught, you'd say with Carmelo, you'd say it's too soon to take the titles off of Kevin Owens, but that's all they've been teasing since they fucking won the titles mm-hmm. two months ago. <clears throat> but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, there oh, we went. Yeah, Kevin oh. Owens and Sami Zayn. Okay. Right. Yes. <sighs> I've been looking at it since we started talking about it, and I can't really decide which way I want to go on this one. Mm. Um, Sal's point makes a lot of sense, and it was sort of where I was leaning coming out of SmackDown. Um, Sal, write that down. <laughs> there's also... You could also get to the same result in a different way, i.e. Roman and Solo win... And then we have the big celebration, and the Usos have to pretend to be happy that Roman and Solo have their belts. Um, I think Owens and Zayn's run has been meh. Yeah, fair. I don't know who the next in line would be for those tag titles. Like we've talked about, there are no real established guys. Maybe the Street Profits. Um, and if it's the Street Profits, you would tend to think that it would make more sense for it to be Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Solo just put over Cody not that long ago. I don't know that Roman's eating a pin. Yeah, they made a big deal about Cody ending Solo's undefeated right. streak. But if... I mean, you, see, you were talking about how the street profits would be would, how, that it would make more sense for them to take the t- belts off of Roman Reigns and Solo Sequoia, but it's still it's still Roman Reigns, right? Mm-hmm. See, that's my problem. Is any scenario that has um, Solo and Roman walking away with these titles means that these titles are now held hostage until SummerSlam, at least, or whenever mm-hmm. they book them against the Usos, because right. that's the only team. That logically right. would make sense to take it off of them. Right. Um, I guess I'll go Owens and Zane, but I don't feel strongly about it. Sure. Intercontinental Championship. Poor poor Gunter versus Mufasa Ali. No, I'm sorry. How, who is the who's the champion? I just I I'm, I'm, I need to ask Troy why he, he put poor Gunter. Maybe you're pronouncing it wrong. 
I believe it's Gunta. Poor, poor Gunther. Gunta. Uh, I think Gunther McGill, buddy. We've uh, <laughs> Sal, you and I talked last week about the uh, the lose to Gunther battle royal. Yes. Uh, so I think it's clearly Gunther here. But but. But at least this lose to Gunther Battle Royal actually happened, unlike the one that Sal made up in his head a few months ago. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> it wasn't my fault it was on a house show. That was also called wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the thing. Yes, Gunther will win, and he should. But what I'm hoping for is that this is the greatest match Ali has had since he's been on the main roster in in WWE. I'm hoping that we get a Tyler Beat Tyler Bate versus Walter type of match out of this. Maybe. I mean if it's Vince, obviously not, but with Triple H in charge, who knows? It's possible. Yeah. And, you know he's a big Mustafa Ali is a big deal. Everywhere, but in Saudi Arabia, he's going to be the hometown favorite, for lack of a better term. What the reaction would have been to Mansoir if they made him come out as Mansoir? Wouldn't be surprised if that's why he's not on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. My thought. Uh, I'm going Gunta. Gunta. And Imperium. Imperium. Hate that it's Mike Rome doing that now, but he's still he's oh no sorry Mike Rome is, do, is doing the bloodline now is still very much given the same kind of over the top emotion that still drives me crazy. You know what the, you know what the problem is, Adam, is that more people like it than hate it. So yes, but it's all about me. For the bloodline, it makes sense. They are the biggest thing in the WWE for the past two years. For Giovanni Vinci, it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> Especially to change your accent with each name. Yeah. Ludwig Kaiser. And then, uh, she, get, and then she gets all types of best. And they have to call that the champion! <laughs> the Raw SmackDown <laughs> Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defending against Asuka. She gets so into it, she's a step away from starting a genocide, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go I with. I wasn't gonna mention this, but I'll uh, after the show I'll forward you the meme my wife sent me uh, while we were recording this evening. Uh, because surprisingly, it's related to that joke. Um, I'm gonna try uh, Bianca. Bianca, yeah, yeah. Okay. SmackDown Raw Women's Championship: Rio Ripley defending against. If you choose <laughs> Natalia, you deserve to lose. Uh, so, yeah. As long as she continues to have Dom Dom on her bum bum, she's going to keep on winning. So, Rhea. Mm-hmm. Rhea. Singles match, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. That's our last one. Hmm. There's a little bit of an intrigue here. I'm going to go Trish. I don't think this is the end of it, and I think the Crown Prince has been a big fan of the old school acts that come back. Can't and Trish makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Trish myself. Yeah. By yeah. the way, she definitely got the implants put back in, right? That's what I was thinking. 
Because when she first, like, started being relevant again, and she was, like, doing her yoga stuff, they were a lot smaller. She got them removed. So then she had them put them back. She she had them put them back. I don't know. She looks a lot more like classic Trish Stratus nowadays. I'm just saying. Sure, maybe they're prosthetics. Uh-huh. <laughs> you never know. Uh, you know what? No, what you're saying does make sense, though. I don't think this is the end of it. I think this is basically the start. So you are it. copying me now and admitting. <laughs> uh, th- this one, okay. you convinced me. Um, as, as much as I love Becky, uh, no, I think it, it makes more sense for Trish to win. Same. Validates everything she's saying, too. So we're all copying Jason on this one. Thank you, Trish. Uh, <laughs> click the submit good. button on that one. So and you can see a dude that kind of looks like Bad Bunny and kind of looks like Damian Breeze. You'll be done. You'll fi- finally be done with uh, all three prediction polls. Uh, anything else, gentlemen, before we wrap this thing up? So there is a lot of, of, of special event wrestling this week. Um, and we at the Rundown are obligated to watch all of it. Won't be in town. No, we're not. Not saying... Live, I'm saying by the time we get to the show next week. Nope. You're really not going to watch Double or Nothing. Will you watch clips so you know what we're talking about next week? Maybe. (sighs) Well, we'll let you know if anything fun happens. You tried. Is that I'm a sure, dumb joke? I'm sure clips will be provided in uh, various uh, outlets. But or in the host thread when people almost die. Exactly. That was one of the outlets I was talking about. Okay. Um, yeah, so it is a it is a big week a big weekend for sure. Uh, besides I'm gonna have to I'm I'm not gonna be able to watch uh, Night of Champions live, so I'm gonna have to catch up on that before or after Battleground as well. So not even going to be home, so. Yeah. So. So, Adam, Thanks, you're, Adam. you, are, you huh? are just double-checking. If I find tickets on StubHub last minute, you have no interest. You absolutely are not going to be available this if week. You, if you're paying for them. Well, I mean, what if they're, I can go like, on cheap? Sunday. Like, if they're, like, you know... Because on StubHub, you find a lot of people who, like, can't make the show, so they're just like, here, whatever, I can get for these tickets. Can you uh, can you work on your date strategy later? Jesus Christ! <laughs> yes, that's offer. True. Uh, listen, he's he's in the wrestling business. A offer him a hot dog and a handy. handy, and fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I, I get it. We're all tired. Let's go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sal. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, guys. Good to be back for a week. Safe travels this weekend. Thank you. Somebody send us home, would you? I guess that means we'll ask, is that a cum joke? Next time. Bye-bye. It was, by the way, it was a cum joke. So it was a cum joke.
You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the salzer effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>